Hey, it's Kristen. Welcome to Rational in Portland, where we say everything you can't say in Portland. Thank you so much for joining us on Rational in Portland. I'm your host, Kristen. On this episode, we have Beverly. She is a friend of mine. She is a trans woman of color, and she is going to answer all of the questions about the nitty gritty of trans surgery, how it works, what her evolution was. And she's got some opinions about political issues that I think a lot of you are gonna be surprised about. And I think you'll find that she has surprising opinions about trans issues as well. But before we get to that amazing interview with Beverly, let's talk about an issue in Portland that has made national news lately. I've received a lot of requests to cover this, um, including by one of my friends and a very loyal listener, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Thank you for flagging this. And thank you to everybody else who sent me messages about this. I appreciate it. So we should talk about it. Mayor Wheeler declared that school routes will be cleared of homeless camps. He did this by declaring a state of emergency. And my understanding from talking to people familiar with city government is that Mayor Wheeler had to declare a state of emergency because Commissioner Dan Ryan oversees the Joint Office of Homeless Services. Remember, we have a super weak mayor in the city of Portland and the city commissioners and the mayor all have different responsibilities for bureaus. So he had to get into Commissioner Ryan's lane for a minute, and he's mostly consistent with Dan Ryan's ordinance, though. Remember the city ordinance 190478 that essentially allows homeless camps 150 feet away from a school, preschool, elementary, or junior high, to be exact, and 100 feet away from a high school. Remember also that the camps that the city was actually clearing were classified as high impact through a combination of factors under Ordinance 190478, and that includes completely insane things like like it should never get this far kind of things. Uh, I'm quoting from the ordinance. Evidence of conspicuous drug use, paraphernalia or improperly disposed syringes, impact on neighborhood livability as measured by the amount of uncontained debris, environmental impact on natural areas, and the presence of hazardous materials, areas that are posted, no trespassing, the size of the camp. This is one of my favorites. Verified reports of violence or criminal activity other than camping, restricting maintenance activities, things like that. So Mayor Wheeler is changing Dan Ryden's ordinance via this emergency order in three ways. First, the camps don't have to be high impact to be cleared. So they don't have to be engaging in conspicuous drug use with syringes all over the place or engaging in criminal activity or violence to be cleared anymore. And he's extending the amount of proximity to a high school by 50 feet. So instead of ignoring camps that are more than 100 feet away from a high school, they'll ignore the camps that are 150 feet away. Third, he's extending the ability to clear homeless camps along school routes. Those are known as primary investment routes. That refers 
to a network of streets and corridors identified as likely to have a high density of students walking to and from school. This is from KGW, August 19th, 2022 at kgw.com. And that article explains that the routes were identified in 2016 by Safe Routes to School program, a program developed as part of the implementation of a gas and heavy vehicle tax that Portland voters passed that year to raise money for street maintenance. And that kind of confounds me because the amount of potholes in this city is mind-blowing. That being said, people in Southeast Portland will remember the city finally agreeing to clear the camp abutting the Cleveland High School track and all along the sidewalks leading up to Cleveland High School. The news outlets requested comment from the city about why that camp was finally being cleared. And here's what they said. It just, it spoke volumes about Dan Ryan's ordinance. The city said the camp's proximity to the high school was not a factor. That's what the city told KGW on September 13th, 2021, right before school started last year. Why? Because it can't be. And and the article discussed this. It can't be a factor unless it's less than 100 feet away from the school. But in the same breath, this city official conceded that there were so many needles that the camp posed a health and safety risk to the public. And what they didn't say is it especially pose that risk to the high school kids of Portland walking to what is supposed to be one of the best high schools in the city. Wheeler's decision to start taking sensical action doesn't make any sense if you're from Portland because we've engaged in and allowed utter lawlessness for years to the point where we've become the example people point to when they're trying to refer to outlier fringe cities that are hubs of rioting, crime, and squalor and Homeless camps near schools have frankly been day rigor for years now. But the people I've talked to that are close to city officials and former city workers say that although Mayor Wheeler is not up for re-election, he is concerned about Portland's reputation nationally and how easily it's used as a punching bag on Fox News. They say they think he's gearing up for the elections in November and he doesn't want to make his political party look even worse than it already does. Not that the Republicans are doing super super well right now, because I think when our last Republican president's own daughter and his former attorney general, Bill Barr, testified that his belief that there was evidence of fraud sufficient to overturn the election was unhinged and patently false, you know something's amiss. But the fact is, despite the last Republican president refusing to admit defeat and engaging in a peaceful transition of power, the Democrats have utterly botched COVID lockdowns, school closures, the economy engaged in nonsensical adherence to wokeness and inflation is out of control. And so really anything Ted Wheeler can do to make Portland less of an eyesore is probably at least somewhat helpful. If you were an alien and you landed here, you'd be confounded about why Wheeler's decision to clear camps along school routes is national news because it just sounds like common sense, especially when Portland Police Bureau officers will tell you that most homeless are armed. As reported by KATU, the local ABC affiliate on April 12, 2022, although the city doesn't keep metrics on homeless shootings because, you know, the city really doesn't keep any homeless metrics whatsoever. And in fact, if you ask city officials what metrics they keep, they will say that they are required by federal law to keep point in time counts. And when you inquire about that, as I've done with former city officials who were in charge of homelessness, they will then tell you that no one believes that these federal point-in-time counts are accurate. So 
they don't keep metrics. The metrics they do keep, they're required to keep, and they're not accurate. I think, it's just my opinion, I think the reason they don't keep metrics is because then they'd be held accountable. So they don't want to keep metrics. I do think that will change. I think if we elect Renee Gonzalez, he will be interested. He's a data guy, and I think he will be interested in keeping these kind of metrics. So if you're interested, if you're interested in metrics and data and finding out what is going on with the homeless, how many we have, and what's happening in in those camps, how many shelter beds we have, et cetera. I think Renee Gonzalez is interested in all that information. So even though the city doesn't keep metrics on homeless shootings, KATU on April 12th, 2022 said that city teams that now deal with gun violence, the people who took over when the city's gun violence reduction team was disbanded, those teams are now called the focused intervention team and the enhanced community safety team. Remember, we had one of those members, Lionel Irving, on this program. And thank you to Susie Lopez for introducing me to Lionel, who is a uh, charismatic guy who committed homicide and then turned his life around and is now doing work for the city of Portland. But even those teams admit that there's a distinct rise in homeless shootings. A story on KGW from March 3rd, 2022 noted that at that time, over the past 12 months, so March 2021 to 2022, there were nearly a dozen fatal shootings involving the homeless or near encampments. According to that same article, Portland police said at least a quarter of the city shootings involved homeless people. There's a lot of shootings in homeless camps. If it's 25%, we have an enormous gang activity presence that has completely infiltrated Old Town. I think a lot of us watched the Portland Police Bureau capture video of nearly 90 rounds fired on Northwest 4th and Northwest Davis in the Old Town neighborhood. That was understood to be a gang shooting. There is a, according to Portland police, there is a gang shooting almost every single night, mostly in Old Town. Fortunately, Wheeler has finally gained this modicum of common sense and declared what seems to be axiomatic to most functional adults. This is according to KGW August 19th, 2022. School-aged children should be able to walk, bike, and ride buses to get to and from schools without potentially dangerous hazards as a result of encampments, including trash, tents in the right-of-way, biohazards, hypodermic needles, and more. One thing I wonder that a number of you have discussed with me and brought up to me is, what in the hell is going on with the Americans for Disabilities Act? No one who is disabled can engage in any kind of mobility downtown without putting themselves in the middle of traffic because there are just, or really anywhere, because there are just so many tent encampments on so many sidewalks. All right. Well, that's our Portland update. Now let's get to my guest, Beverly, a trans woman. She's going to talk about what it's like to be trans. And she shares a lot of really sensitive, really personal information. I am grateful that she came on and that she was brave enough to do all of that and that she chose the show to talk about things that she's never shared publicly. We are so lucky to have had her on and to have been able to hear her story in this format. So here's my friend, Beverly. Thank you for coming in. Oh, thanks, girl. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I know 
now, um, having known you and having been introduced to you, that you're you are a trans woman. Correct. And I would not have guessed that. <laughs> thank until, you. Because <laughs> you're a very very beautiful woman. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, so, d- tell us a little bit about your just sort of growing up in your background because you have a really interesting family. You have a family business. And is your mother first generation? Um, yes, in America, yes, we are. We're first generation. And where you all, your whole family is. So she came over with kids. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that my grandma, you know, during the war, you know, she, um, like, you know, she, she. Which war? Uh, the Vietnam War. She okay. was a nurse during the war. And, you know, like she, you know, she met my grandpa at the time. And, you know, my mom was conceived and. And in Vietnam, my mom growing up, it was a very tough life for her. She was like constantly bullied for being um, half white. In Vietnam, like a lot of people were racist towards like mixed babies, mixed like war babies. And my mom just she just she grew up struggling a lot. So, so did your did your grandma conceive your mom with this white soldier? Is that what happened? Yeah, I think he's Jewish because we we found out we're Jewish from 23andMe, so. <laughs> oh, so Pete, your grandmother, it, he was there and then he left and yeah. then your grandmother didn't see him again? Nope, never again. Does she talk about what that was like for her? I mean, um, it must sound absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, I well, that's the thing. My grandma was married at the time too, to my grandpa wow. now. So, yeah, so. Who's Vietnamese? Oh, he's actually Chinese. But, he's Chinese, but he speak he he grew up in Vietnam, so he speaks Vietnamese. But so so it was so she was married, and it was this affair with a soldier, and yeah. he left, mm-hmm. and obviously, I'm sure he didn't send money to help raise this baby who Not is your mother. All. I don't think he even knows that my mom exists. Like it sucks, and my mom, she's really just. A, I always tell her to like. It's like, you know, go look for him. She's like, nope, I'm not going to look for him. I have one dad, and that is my grandpa now. So, okay. um, And my mom's very prideful as a person. I think growing up without, like, a good father figure, like, her biological dad and stuff, like, she felt like there's, like, a piece of her missing a bit. But she makes, like, she makes the, up the lack, you know, for other things, you know. So she works hard a lot. She takes pride. She works she, really hard. She's our matriarch of the house. My mom is... Though she is third born, everyone looks up to her. Like my my her older sister in Vietnam calls her and asks her for advice and everything. Like my mom is truly the matriarch and what a figure. Like <laughs> So did your did your grandmother come over to the US with your mom and all you kids? Mm-hmm. So what happened, I think it's like back in the nineteen eighties, some kind of war baby act in the US signed and then my mom just went and got a DNA test and it, like proven that she's like makes American or does that mean that she's a citizen? Uh, no, but that means she was eligible to come over here and she brought all of us over here. Well, I was born in Vietnam. My older brother was born in Vietnam, but I was only a baby. And when I came over here at like one, like one years old, so. you have an older brother and one younger sister. Yeah. Agnes and then Agnes and the twins and stuff or the younger ones. Like I'm the second oldest and my older brother, hi, he is the firstborn. Oh, and there are twins after Agnes? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. You didn't know the twins exist? They're like, they're like the most popular one at the shop. (laughs) Have I met them? No, I can't, I can't have. No. How old are they? They're 20, I think 25 or 26 now. And you all work together. 
Yes. Oh, it's a family business. Yeah, we did. Well, we did. The twins, they moved on to other things because um, they're in medical school. So oh, I they're, they're both in medical school. One is. The other one is about to start soon. Wow. So. At OHSU? Yep. OHSU. Oh, my gosh. Oncology and neurology. I did not know this. <laughs> yeah. My little sisters are like amazing girls. Are like, they identical? Identical. You won't be able to tell the difference if like when you first meet them, you won't know who's Jennifer and who's Jessica. <laughs> So my mom actually was pregnant with Agnes when she came over here. Oh wow! Like they didn't they didn't want her to cop on the plane eight months pregnant, but she's like, no, I. She was go. eight months pregnant. Yeah. So what they did is they sent us to the Philippines for like a couple months. It's almost almost like a holding weight area for like a couple months. You know, my mom was selling baguette and you know like porridge, rice porridge, to make like extra money. Just you know, just to have. So when we get over here, we have something. And she was eight months pregnant, <laughs> came over here. She's like, no, like, I just want to come over. How here. old were you? I was, I think, almost one. I, I think I was one so or So you don't have one. a memory of this? No, this is just from stories from my yeah. dad and my mom telling me yeah. about, like. Are they, are your dad and your mom still together? No, unfortunately. They're divorced. Are you still in touch with your dad? Or oh, yeah, absolutely. So all, my whole family, we all live in Portland. We all live in like a one or two mile radius from each oh, other. Wow. So are you close to your brother? We weren't close growing up. But I think the years pass on like, you know, we used to fight when we were kids because like, yeah, and you know, I was a little I was a little crybaby when I was younger, like little boy. My brother saw that and he kind of like, <laughs> kind of just like made fun of me and picked oh. on me. But no, it's all right. Sorry. It was just I, I'm I'm not gonna hold it against him because sure. you know like he was young you know that's what kids do young people yeah. do you know they don't know better so and I th him and I became even closer I think after I came out after I transitioned at first he wasn't okay with it because he was trying to tr trying to come to terms with it and then afterwards I don't know he's just like you're my sister don't let anyone else, else tell you any different I was like as long as you know I'm your sister that's all that matters to me seriously that must have made you feel so good yeah at first i when he didn't accept me, accept me i was just like you know if you don't want to be my brother like you can go <laughs> like i'm not i'm not tripping like i'm not mad at all so but i think he understands that he see the value in family it's just like you know i accept you so now he's like one of my biggest supporters like him and agnes and the twins and your mom i feel like too absolutely yes it, now is she do you feel like she's a pretty traditional woman. I mean, how did she take the news that, that you were, you, f you felt like you were born female and that you needed to present as female? You know, at first I've, she told me, she's like, I love you. You're my child. But I know deep down she was probably grieving, grieving that she lost her son, you know, but I think she finally came. I think she came to the terms to accept that once people started like complimenting me be like oh your daughter is so beautiful you know like wow she's like she's like wow she looks so like cis normative looking like i wouldn't be able to tell like how you just told me earlier and uh, you know like, i think she was like well, i'm sure you hear that a lot she, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i mean i know just from like trying to present as female myself it takes a lot of work and i'm a cis woman so i can't imagine the kind of work and time and money and you know that you put into your presentation for me it's not more physical but it's more like mental and emotional work for me to like tell myself it's like oh you know like you look good don't let no one tell you any different because i have my insecurities self-talk yes exactly self-talk 
Where did you learn that? Because that's like that's a form of cognitive behavioral therapy that I think is hard for people to you know, even people actively in cognitive behavioral therapy to learn. I've learned from just like hearing you know different people's stories over the years. Um, people, women who transitioned before me and kind of just you know school me on like you know like you gotta like you gotta like let go of your fears of what people think about you. That's the best way to like you know like. Just be you, pretty much, and don't let anyone else who doesn't do anything for you emotionally and mentally tell you that you are not you. And I have to constantly tell myself that. Like, I used to give so much... Can I swear on here? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I used to give so much shit about what people think of me. Like, when I go out, I'd be like, oh, you know, I gotta look a certain way. I gotta look passing. Yeah, so I pretty much think, like, I just gotta look convincing as, like, a cis-normative-looking woman. Like, that's why I always tell myself. And then... I think hormones, also being on hormones really helped me, like, you know, develop develop that sense of self for myself. So it's actually pretty cool. I think hormones a lot. It saved my life. So. Oh, the technology is uh, yes. incredible now. I mean, thank God you were born when you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and I also think, like, to, to add on to literally what you just said, like, I thank myself for growing up in such a, like, very, like, progressive time. You know, like, back then growing up, like, there wasn't a lot of representation of transgender people in the media. And if there were, they were made to look out, like, people with, like, who are sick or, you know, mentally ill or, like, people who are, like, perverts or disgusting, you know, like, socially, like, it wasn't not acceptable. But because I also think the media, like, movies, TV shows, it kind of brought on a really bad rep- representation because I believe that media and and tv and everything like really plays a major part of what we see how we see ourselves in society and the lenses that's on us although you and i have bonded over our mutual love for Chu wong fu oh and i love that movie priscilla in the desert <laughs> yes <laughs> and i also movies. love the birdcage I, yes. I have the birdcage is one of my favorite movies of all time me and my kids favorite movies of all time you have great style in i movies. mean it's just so good <laughs> right <laughs> like drag queens you know they by the way they played a amazing like they were didn't amazing. They, i mean they were Patrick so Swayze, wesley snipes everybody go watch it if you have these are like it. the Chiwong manliest Fu. of men and like they're con- they play convincingly very effeminate like gay men who are drag queens like i i thought they were gay and drag queens in real life growing up watching that movie and now like watching that movie i would have too like watching from an adult lens it's kind of it has it has some educational aspect to it. Like there was a scene from uh, Noxima Jackson. She said, "She said that's she's the like, Wesley Snipes character." Yeah, like she was saying, like like when you're a like you know like when you're a woman who's born in a like a male's body, you know, and you got an operation, that is a transsexual. And if when you're a man dressing up just to get his sexual kicks, you know, that is a transvestite, you know. And then when you're a gay man with like too much style and stuff. You are a drag queen, like you know that was very cool that they did that and they kind of and that was really early. Yeah, that was really early on. I think it's like I when I saw that scene it, as an adult, I was like, you know, I actually like that. You know that Wesley Snipe character, like kind of like like you know like separate the difference because pe- growing up, people think transsexuals and transvestites are the exact same thing. Trans transgender women, of course, like we're and trans men, like just trans people, we grew up just like you know, be on the wrong body. So, like, we're willing to go the necessary step, you know, to get to correct our gender dysphoria. Transvestites or crossdressers or short for CDs, they 
they dress up for like sexual pleasure like like i like sometimes i'm on grinder and like i've seen like cross-dressers they dress up like these are like straight path straight men or i guess they wouldn't be straight but they're they're men in their daily lives but in secret their nightlife like they dress up in women's clothing wigs you know give themselves a female identity just for the night and just to just to like you know have sex for pleasure that's it and that's all they do they get off is like a sexual kick to them you know and it just bothers me it's like it's so i think it's so like rude for people why does it bother you it bothers me because people because they connect those two together and when people look at trans transgender women they think of transvestites or like oh they're just dressing up for sexual kicks or they're there to trick men or anyway or you know just for you know like sexual pleasure but it's like we're more than that you know like i feel like as people with trans people we're people we have feelings we have emotions you know like we just want to be looked as a regular person you know yeah i mean it's kind of impossible because we're trans people and it's like a red dot on a white dress you know like when you walk out in public so it's just like i say more about that well it's just like like you know like as much as me as a trans woman, I want to live a very cis normative lifestyle. You know, like I want to have a family. I want to get married. I want to be able to have all the whole nine yards of what a cis woman can have, you know, besides giving birth, you know, like unfortunately, you know, nature don't allow that for us. So it's all right. But other things like I just want to live like a normal woman. Like, you know, like, yeah, I'm a trans ident. I'm definitely a trans identified woman, but I should be able to have the right and be capable of living just a normal life, you know, and people should be should judge me for my character and not judge me as a trans person because it's crazy how many people, but when they see you as trans, that's all they look at you as. Ass. They don't even look at you. Like, they don't even care to get to know you, to see if you're actually a cool-ass person or, you know. When you say people, do you mean people generally or do you mean perspective made specifically? Perspective made specifically and from my experience of meeting people over the years, like a lot of my friends, I actually don't have a lot of friends because I've lost a lot of friendship because I've, I've met people, like I've been introduced to a few of my friends from like my childhood friends growing up. And it's just, and then when they meet me, like they think I'm like really cool and stuff. But once they found out I'm trans, like it's like, it's a whole 360 switch. Is this women or men generally? Men and women and stuff. But women are more kind. Definitely. Women are more accepting than men are. You know, like they, they're more comfortable with themselves. So they can like hang out around me and not feel any type of way. No, but with men, it's like I have to be very guarded with men when I hang out with men. That's what it is. It's just these rules of masculinity, you know, like my experiences from meeting men over the years, like guys I've dated or guys I've just, you know, like, be friends with and stuff they let's just say guys do things men do things to impress other men (laughs) that's what it is so you're saying they feel in general your experiences that cis men feel like they're in some kind of a box in terms of their the way that they're they feel like they're allowed to act around you exactly exactly like they all like rules of masculinity like and they're also they care because they don't want to be associated like the stigma of being a trans woman and a a man being around a trans woman is that if people see us together they're going to think that we're messing around or he's gay for dating me or hang out with me or you know like and a lot of men they're scared of that label straight men especially 
like the worst thing you can call a straight man is gay. But like, <laughs> I'm, like men my age and younger, like they kind of have like you you're thirty. Yeah, I'm thirty two, and it's funny because there's n- not a lot of stigma for trans men. It's weird, like, like I've noticed that from my experience over the years. Talk more about that. So trans men, like, I think it's easier just to, it's more accepting to be for a woman to be a man you know transition to a man and it's fully accepted you know men are not threatened by trans men a lot of men are aren't and a lot of women they don't like the good thing about trans men is that when they transition medically they pass they automatically a lot of them automatically pass because it's easier to look like a man than it is to look like a woman that's why do you think that is testosterone you know like body hair you know testosterone makes you more like more chiseled like you know Something about the chemicals in there it just makes you more manly. It makes your voice naturally drop. What about their height and their weight? Yeah. That's, that's the only way I, I can tell sometimes. Me too. That's where I'm like, that is a really tiny man. Yeah, that's my way of, yes, the term is called clocking. <laughs> like, C-L-O-C-K? Yeah, clocking. Like, so, so clocking is basically like when someone can tell you, like you're, you know, like if I walk out on the street and there's a girl and she looked at me and then she's like, to her walk, walk 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 with her friend and she's like oh that's a, that used to be a man or something that's clocking right there like kind of like exposing me um so what i take is a spironolactone which is like kind of like a heart medicine but it's an androgen blocker too and blocking the androgen will block your testosterone level completely so that's what makes so and then i just take like i just reduce my you know my hormone like milligrams to four four milligrams a day and that's pretty good like i used to be on six and i used to be like very like hot flashes all the time and it's just like makes me like constantly like angry and emotional and you know it's lowering sounds awful oh yeah and i'm and my sister was right when i told she's like yeah it's trust me you're gonna go through a, a firestorm of emotion i'm just like oh wow yeah, you should. You can ask my family. The first three months, I was like a bitch. <laughs> I was a terrible bitch. Like I was. Is that so because angry. when you first start hormones, when you're transitioning, it's like you have to go through a puberty, kind of like wi- women exactly or exactly girls puberty. do as they're when they're in adolescence. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I went through. A I second didn't know puberty. that. It's crazy because um, that's awful. So they gave me a high dosage of blockers. So. I was very low on testosterone. I felt very tired every time. My muscle, I used to be, I used to work out and I used to train to be a wrestler and stuff. So like I was like really buff looking and very thick. And now I'm just like being on hormones. I just like lost a lot, all of those. And I look very more soft and more feminine now, but I just, it's amazing. I look Do you my miss body. that old body that you worked so hard for? Oh yeah, trust me. <laughs> I do. What you don't miss about it is that it appears masculine. Very masculine. I, if anything, I miss my waist size. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm envious of, until they hit middle age and it becomes a beer belly, I'm I'm envious of men's waist for sure. For whatever reason, they get the naturally flat stomach. I know, that's, I miss that so much. Yeah. <laughs> and they get the washboard abs and. Oh, uh, Yeah. I miss the that toned too. arms and they don't have the layers of subcutaneous fat that women have yeah visceral fat that's what happened when i started hormones i developed fats in the area i didn't know that could develop oh. and i was like oh and my it god. will keep going just yes. wait just wait till you're in your 40s and 50s oh my god oh my I'm god so my sorry. doctor literally told me she's like make sure you make sure you eat a very clean diet vegetarian i you know like 
Are you a vegetarian? I'm not a vegetarian. I want. But to your be. doctor said you should be. Yeah, like more fruits, vegetables. She's like, if I eat meat, try to like you know not eat too much of it, you know, because I guess she didn't tell me that you can easily get fat really quick if you eat like that, like you know, and you eat too much protein with the estrogen mix, you know, you can get big really quick. I didn't listen to her <laughs> at first, so yeah, I did got big, and then I lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of weight because like I think after I got my you know, my top surgery done and stuff. Um, the reason, well, the first reason why I gained weight is because estrogen made my cup size. Like, I was naturally a B cup. within like, Naturally? Naturally a really? B. Really? Well, Even wh- when you were? No, not, not as a boy, but when the estrogen made me grew it. Oh, like, I, was, I see. When you started hormones, you just got a B cup. Yeah, like over, like within like probably three, four years, like I developed a natural is B cup. Is that fast? Um, or is that normal? That's normal. Okay. That's very normal. Like, well, that's good news. So not everybody gets top surgery because they're able to develop and what they feel like is enough of it. Some chest. dolls are blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Some dolls are blessed. Yeah. Just like in, in nature, I suppose it makes sense. Yeah. You know, different body responded to differently. Sure. So, so I was very, I was, I was very blessed. I was like, mom, thanks for your gene. So like, you want, but you wanted to go bigger. Yeah. So the reason why I gained weight is because I wanted my boobs to look bigger. And I, that's why well, I was does, so afraid to lose weight. I was like, I want to lose my boobs because this is the most feminine thing And that's about the first me. place you lose it. Exactly. The like, first place. <laughs> it, oh my goodness. It's crazy. My sister told me this and I didn't believe her. I was like, no. And, stuff. and I was like, when I lost like five pounds. Oh, I first, bet you lost like a cup size. Yeah, and I was like, why am I an A cup yes. again? This yeah. is so weird, you know, like, and I gained it all back quickly. And then after I got my boobs done, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to lose weight because I'm not going to lose a cup size anymore. Like, because now I got, you know, like plastic surgery done. So did you always know that you were trans or if if not, when was the specific moment? I think when I think when I was around like 17. Really? Well, I knew when I was, I knew I was different when I was like 10, 11, because like I got, okay, I always tell my sister this story and everyone this. Um, My dad took us shopping and he bought my sister a lot of cute dresses and I was like kind of jealous. I was like, I wish those were mine, you know, like I was, and I, you know, growing up as an 11 year old, like I always like secretly like lock myself in a room, listen to girl music, dance in front of the mirror, like, like, you know, try to like fit on my sister's clothing and pretend I'm like oh, in wow. a music video and everything. Yeah. Give me my Britney vibe, you know, going on. And like, it was not like, it's kind of unusual. Like I did that until I was like at least 15. And then I think height, the pressure of high school made like, you know, made me more masculine because I, because people were like, oh, he's gay. You know, I never identify as gay. I came straight out as a trans woman. Like, I lived my life, like... At 17. Oh, well, I came out at 25. But at 17, I kind of realized, like, I'm definitely not a man. I'm not a man. I hate being a man so much. I think because puberty, just body hair growing. I was like, ew, why is this here? Like, you know, like, why, like, why can't I be soft? And, like, my sisters and my mom and everything. And then what kind of what kind of helped me transition is i saw i saw the show orange is the new black and you know who the actress laverne cox is right she's beautiful yeah and i saw her on tv and she's a trans woman and i was so like in awe with her i was like oh my gosh she's trans holy shit like she looks great and then like 
And then just like I started going on YouTube and watch all her interviews and her trans advocacy. I didn't even know what transgender was like at all. So how old were you at this point? 15? Uh, well, when I saw Laverne Cox, I was actually in my like er, like early 20s. Oh, early 20s. Early 20s. I came out at 25. Like, so when you saw Laverne Cox in your early 20s, did you think this is what I want to do? Yeah. And I. This it, is how I want to be. It gave me the possibility. I was like, oh, my God. Like. Like, I'm trans. Like, you know, I am, like, I've always been confused, like, most of my life. Even my sisters, like, were, like, they didn't know. You know, like, they're like, okay, he's not gay. But we don't know what he is. <laughs> like, and when I came out to them, and they're like. Did you prefer men da- dating-wise? Yeah, absolutely. I love men. <laughs> how, how, how did they know, if you prefer men, how did they know you weren't gay? Well, that's because they know that because I never like saw myself as gay, you know, like for me to identify as a gay man is for me to accept that I am a man. And I never accepted that I was a boy. Like I was like, I'm not a boy, but I don't know what I am either. Like, I don't I know that I want to be girly and feminine and have long hair and wear makeup, you know, like that's what I did. And then I think when I like when I met this guy that. You know, it was a casual hookup, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, when I first met you, I thought you were a lesbian woman. I was like, really? I was like, I was just so convinced, because, like, even growing up, people told me, like, people confused my gender. They're like, is that a boy or a girl? Always. I've always heard that. You have very feminine features. Yeah. So that works for you. Yeah. uh, You know, when growing up, I was like, like, I hated that. Is that passing privilege? Passing privilege. You know, like, as a boy, like, I try to masculine myself, try to, like, all right, I'm going to try to be a man, you know, see if this works out, you know. It worked out for, like, two years, you know. But then afterwards, just, like, I just started feeling, like, really depressed and really sad. Because every time I go out and I see beautiful women, I'm like, I hate y'all because I want to be y'all so bad. And I hate myself. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you like, why are you looking like your older brother? You know, like you're not him. You know, like you're not masculine. You're not fooling anybody. Do you still feel like that when you go out? Do you still look around and think, how do I achieve this cis look or what appears to be a cis look? Or do you feel like, actually, I look, I mean, when I look at you, I think, well, you look much better than a lot of 30-some-year-old women that I know. Oh, much, much. I mean, we live in Portland, so it's not too hard to do. But much, much better. I don't feel like that anymore. But if yeah. I look around, it's just that's what's in my head. It'd be like, I like her hair, or I like her nails, or I like her outfit, or I wonder where she got her clothes and her shoes. Like, now I look at it like that and stuff. And I see beautiful women be like, I would just be like, oh, she's bomb. Yes. You know, but I wouldn't like question. I wouldn't compare myself. And at what point were you in your journey when you started to feel more secure about how you appeared? Let me see. I think probably when I turned around 29, around 29, 30 years old. Was that post top surgery? No, that was before. Wow. Well, that's great. Yeah, top surgery. I just got it last year in August. I remember July 15th, my seven year anniversary of transitioning actually passed like, I think like three days ago. But that first day, I, I remember after I came out of my dad, he was the last person I came out to before I socially transitioned to the world. And how did he respond? You know, my I love my dad. Like, he's definitely, like, a true measure of, of a man, like, a true man. Like, he loves me unconditionally. He's like, he's like, no matter what, you're my child. I love you. I don't care what you are. I just want you to be happy, you know. I like... Yeah, though I lost a son, I always knew I had a daughter. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that made me cry so much because, like, I felt like my dad saw me, you know. Like, 
I felt like he really saw me before I did. You know, yeah. I wasn't, I was in denial because you know, obviously I wasn't convincing as a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think your family was in agreement on that. Yeah, they 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 probably just all thought I was gay and didn't want to say it because they didn't want me to hurt. They didn't want to hurt my feelings because like. I like when I ca- I never came out as gay. Like I came from Lee, who was the straight guy, or who was this trans woman pretending to be a, a straight guy, trying to That's live. That's your pre. That is your was your previous life as a man. You were named yeah. Lee. Lee, yeah. So I went by Beverly. I used to. I wanted to go by the name Leslie because that's what my dad always called me growing up. He was like Leslie, Leslie. You know, it's so funny. Was that an insult? No, definitely not. Because I think Leslie is a beautiful name and it's such a unisex name. Do you think he saw the trans woman inside? I actually don't know until like I didn't. I didn't think so. I didn't think so until like. Maybe probably until I got into my teen years. So when my parents got divorced, I moved and I chose to live with my dad because my dad was really cool. He's very open. He's free. He's free thinking, you know, and my mom was very conservative and, you know, she already moved on and already like have my stepdad now. And, you know, they're, they're religious, they're Catholics and stuff. How does your stepdad feel about your transition? I, I used to think that he was probably not approved of it and he just wanted to save face and stuff, but I think recently my mom told me that my stepdad, like, he, because of me, he started doing, like, watching, like, more research and seeing more videos of trans people online. And I think he was just convinced. He's like, oh, I've seen trans these Vietnamese trans people online. And I got to say, like, our daughter, Beverly, she is beautiful. She, like, like, she, like, he realized how pretty I was and how passing I was. And I think that made him felt a little bit more better with himself that... I think for the fact is like, oh, you know, like Lee, when she goes out in public, you know, like she, they still call me Lee at home. <laughs> like, Does that she, bother you? No, just my family can do that. But because that's what they g- grow up knowing, you know, I just can't like get rid of Lee, you know. But yeah, my, my stepdad pretty much like he was convinced after he saw all those a lot of these videos of trans people in Vietnam and all over the world. And he realized like, wow, she she is a woman. She looks like she looks more like a woman than I've seen ever, any other, like, trans women. Is your stepdad Vietnamese? Yeah, he's Vietnamese. He's traditional, northern Vietnamese, very conservative. My mom, my mom's, like, her conservativeness is, like, relaxed a lot because of, I feel like, because of me and also my sisters, like, Jennifer and Jessica, like, call her out on a lot of things. If she, you know, Those if, the twins? Yep. Those are her babies. Yeah. <laughs> So the, she listens to them when yeah. they call her out. Yeah, well, I, you know, like for me, when I call her out, like she's kind of resistant because she thinks that I'm like, oh, you know, like you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just like, no, I know, mom. Like, trust me. Like in college, I pursued a political science, you know, major. So like I, and I love history and I love anything like politics and, you know, like the law and everything. So like I, like that's something I naturally tune to. If you check my YouTube, it's a lot of Judge Judy on there too. Oh, and I like Judge Judy too. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Oh, she does say that. <laughs> or Baloney. I, lo- <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Gosh, she's my spirit animal. I like her because I actually think she says a lot of things that are pretty common sense and she's pretty good at reading people. She's amazing. It's bizarre. I think that's why I love her is because she can just spot when someone's lying so quick. She's she's amazing. I just I look I think I love watching her is because the fact that she's like, you know, it's like she just grill all these people who are like doing bad things, you know, and she's pretty fair. All the cases I've watched and stuff, like I never felt like all whoever she, you know, the judgment goes to, I feel like, oh, that's actually really fair, you know, like you know, the other person was like, you know, did a lot of messed up things. 
or like you know they did a lot of people wrong you know she's like and then there's a clean hands thing the clean hands rule where like Mm -hmm. you don't go to court if you committed a crime you don't go to court and have the court try to save you you know like no so when you when lee was in high school and lee was working on his physique and a wrestler was lee were you, when you were Lee, was were you teased less when you embraced when you said I'm going to embrace this masculinity and see how that feels? Yeah, I I tried to. I you tried, could have kicked somebody's ass. I tried to like. hang out with a lot more boys because you know I think what's kind of clocked me in high school being a boy is that I hung out with a lot of girls. <laughs> I was like that that gay best friend, you know. Like yeah. it's so funny. I never looked at myself as the gay best friend. It's just I just connect with women better. I click with them. We have more in common. Like we things we talk about, you know. Like, you know, and the girls I hung out with, I'm sure they kind of had an idea that, you know, like, he's definitely not straight. <laughs> Did you ever date a woman or a girl? I tried. Just, I tried. And do you think they knew that it wasn't yeah, right? Yeah, I think they knew. I think we just both knew. It was just like. Oh, just, just once. Yeah, it was just once. And I was just like, this ain't right. Yeah, I can't do it. It didn't feel good. Like, I look at women from a different, like, lens. It's like, you guys are like my sisters. You Did ladies you date are boys? I secretly date boys. I didn't, I wasn't. Oh, it was all in secret. Yeah, it was all in secret. I remember, like, lost my virginity at, like, 18. And so to this guy I met in high school. <laughs> to a guy who was in your class? Um, He was at a different high school. But okay. we met at a house party. And, and he was not out? He, I think he wasn't out. I didn't, I would never have thought he was gay at all. He was so good at convincing me or convincing people. Like, so, because he hung around. Like, so he passed as straight? I think he's probably bi. That's what it is. I think yeah. he, he likes, he dated men and women or just we dated with women and hooked up with me for the first time because it was both our first time, you know. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. It was like a really good friendship. We had a lot in common. We always talked about things. We laughed. And then it just, you know, just one thing led to another one day. It's just like, wow. But what's kind of sad is that I, after that, I just didn't see him anymore. Like. He never called. He never I think, came around. Well, he came around for, like a few times, but it was but only sexually. It wasn't sexually. Oh, I think. Okay. I think it's for the fact that like he probably like, wow, I did that. Like, what the hell? You know, he probably like he was struggling with his own stuff. I think so. That's what. But it when is. you're that young, it's hard. If I were you, it would be hard for me to put myself in his position, and I think I would just be angry. I was like, I thought I just rocked his world too much or something. Okay. Well, I that's. <laughs> I, I think that's a far better way to look at it. I was like, oh, it sounds did, like you did. I was like, did I rock his it world like to the did. point where he's like, is like he loves it or something? Like, and he's like, like in like a freaking what you call it, like existential crisis or something. So, did you feel that way about all these people that you were secretly, when you were secretly hooking up with people? Did you feel that way about all of them, or did it was it upsetting to you that you couldn't date publicly and and be in a relationship? You know, I actually kind of like the secrecy. It was actually like, it's like, oh, I'm getting away with something people don't know. But, you know, this was just me. It's con- exciting. It's very exciting. And I think that's how it is with, with trans women and like straight men who like trans women. Like they're getting the feeling that they're getting away with something that people don't know about. And, and what do you say to people who might say, um, well, some of them might feel tricked. Oh, um, I mean, for me, I fully disclose myself. Do you really? I always do. Like, when did that? When did when when did you feel 
So, so you felt comfortable enough doing that from the beginning? Yeah, you, I wouldn't tell them I'm trans if we're just like chatting casually, talking. But if like if one if they want to get to know me or date me and or even you know do anything sexually, I always disclose. Be like, hey, full disclosure, just let you know I'm trans. If you're not okay with that, then you know it's it's cool. Like, you are know. they? Sh- is anybody ever shocked? I'm sure they are. A lot of them were like, I they. Um, what's that emoji? The, what's that freaking emoji where they like to have the big eyes? Yeah, like with the, the mouth open. And the, yeah, and and sometimes with the red cheek too, and big eyes. Like whoa, like always and uh, like probably like probably like 80 percent of the time. Most they're always cool. Most of them are like really. Yeah, most of them are like oh wow, you look so like you you look like. So like passing, you look like a girl. So the first time you disclosed to a straight man, hey, I'm trans, were they fine with it? And that gave you the confidence to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. That made me actually just have more hope. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, there are men in the world that like trans women, you know, and they're okay with it. Even though they're not open about it in public, you know, it's, it's totally fine. It's just, I look at it as like very transactional, you know, it's just like, oh, you just want sex or I just want sex. So whatever. It's nobody's business. Yeah. You know, so uh, the fact that so it doesn't bother cool you, it. It, it's not hurtful to you. It's if no. you both have the same goal, it's exactly not a big deal. If we had this, like a mutual agreement. I'm not sad about it, but it was like a guy that I like, like I'm like, I have feelings for her, and then, you know, and he doesn't feel the same way. I will feel kind of hurt. I'd be like, well, sure. Oh. You know, it's just like, it's like, then why do you waste your time hanging out with me? You know, it's just like, I already, it's, like even guys I've even guys I grew up with, like some guys that I grew up with after I transitioned, they <laughs> they let's just say I never knew they liked women like me. Let's just say that. I was just like That's a compliment. Yeah, that's a huge compliment. I was like, Whoa, I'm your homie I'm your big homie's little brother at one time and now I'm his little sister and now suddenly like you flip the switch. You know, it's like interesting. But I've yet I've never hooked up with them because I have a no friends policy, like no childhood friends policy like that. So I don't because you don't want to ruin those relationships with. No, I don't. I don't want to like have them look something at romantic. Yeah, I don't want them. I don't want that messy romantic stuff right now. Like I don't I'm not even looking for it right now myself. So really, even yeah. though you want a family, I do eventually. But right now I've, I'm waiting until I get my my bottom surgery then because I feel like this not having a bottom surgery is kind of like a roadblock to the freeway that I'm trying to get into. Tell us how the bottom surgery works. So the bottom surgery is when they they um they take your they cut down your penis, they cut your penis down into like a clit size and then the foreskin and they remove the skin that's around the penis first and then they use that skin to flip it inside out and stuff to make the the vaginal canal and like my doctor explained to me that she's gonna use the robotic method to like create like a like kind of push my organs up a little bit to create a vaginal canal and then use that penis's foreskin and push it in to make a vaginal canal. So and then do you have to keep something in there to keep the canal intact mm-hmm. so it doesn't close? Yeah. So af- I think you have to dilate for a year and stuff. And then wow. Yeah. And I think they give you like four or five different sizes. Twenty four seven. Every day, I think for the first three, two or three months from what I read is that you have to dilate every day, like two, three times a day for like an hour. Is it so painful? I heard it's painful. That's it why. sounds horrible. <laughs> Sorry. I heard it's painful. And then at, and then when the healing process begins, you s- switch the sizes to a bigger size to like, you know, keep it open. And I read also that if you, you're, 
you know, after three months, you're fully healed. You know, like if you're sexually active, you don't need to dilate. Yeah, but when it people, needs to be regular, of course. Exactly. Yeah, or else, like you know, the wound can close up, and yes. you don't want that. Like so. It sounds terrible, and so obviously nobody would go through this who wasn't sure. That's why I envy cis women. I was like, oh, y'all lucky. You're born with a box already. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yes. You're born with a box and you don't have to do all that. Are you that. just dreading it? Because it sounds like you plan on doing this. Oh, I'm absolutely doing it. The recovery part is what scares me shitless. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm the first year will be awful. Very awful. You know, but I, I think after, like, you know, it'll be sunshine and rainbows after the first year is over. So, it, it scared the shit out of me thinking about it. I was like, really? I was like, I, do, I hate that down there. I look at it as, like, an alien piece that should have never been on this planet. You know, like... I'm just like, I was like, you need to go like, like this, like, I don't feel like it, you should be here. You know, I feel like it should be a vagina there completely. So it, I just hated my penis so much. I was just like, is that I, for, for, for as long as you can remember? I hated it so much. Like I never liked it. Like even when you were Lee and you were working out and you were a wrestler, even then. Yeah. Well, even well, then I, I, you know, I accepted it a little bit. Then I was just like, okay, well. You were, cause you were trying on being a man. Yeah. I was trying to be a man. So I was like, all right, well, I might as well put this to use, you know, <laughs> like, cause I hated looking myself in the mirror, like growing up, you know, like I try to like, you know, like tuck myself down there. So it just looks flat, nothing sticking out. You know, so you did that early. I did that probably when I was like 13, 14. Very in middle early. School. Yeah, like I was very girly in middle school too. And how did you know, did you have to learn how to do that or did you already know, you know intuitively I, what to do? To, to um, tuck. To tuck. Uh, that, <laughs> that I had to learn how to do because like I... I wanted you knew to, you had to get rid of the appearance of it. You just had yeah, to figure out how. Yeah, but and then I think I I stopped tucking when I got to high school because I was like, you know, what? all right, well, I'm in high school. You know, I'm more self conscious of myself. You know, if I'm a boy, you know, I need to look like a boy so I don't get picked on or bullied at school. Like it was all for defensive purposes. Is the reason why I did all that. Like I just didn't want to get bullied or anything. I hung out surprisingly. I had a lot of male friends that I hung out with too, but. It was more on a conditional side, you know, like we were just playing cards or anything. It's like we don't talk about anything deep or personal. Like I only do that with the girls. Like, Is that still true? Yeah, it's true. It's still true. I, I am way more open with women. I can just be openly, just be myself and be like, oh, you know, because I feel like I'm like I'm not intimidated by women. If anything, I'm more envious of women because I was like, I'm trying to be y'all. Like, I'm. Do you to- feel intimidated by men? Yeah, I do actually. Why do you think that is? Because they're capable of, like, you know, they can hurt. They can you hurt you physically. They can physically hurt me or harm are me. You in some wor- way. Are you are you worried about that? Yeah, you know, that's that's the reason why it kind of cuts me off from dating all these years for a little bit. Because like I I had a friend who had a really bad experience. She got beat up. And what happened? Um, I think she just a date, and the guy found out she was trans. Uh, no, the guy knew she was trans. The, which that was the sad part. He knew she was she was trans. He liked her. He, they messed around. But when his friends and family like kind of cl- like caught him in the act and stuff, like he pretty much abused her and like beat her up. Be like, I don't ever want to see you again. And so I was like, um, you pursued he beat her. her up. That's awful. Yeah, you pursued her. That's because you got clocked with your, you know, with 
you know, you being a trans woman and stuff, you need to come to terms with that yourself. You Did know, she you, feel comfortable enough calling the police or anything? Oh, she called the police and everything. So was he arrested? Yeah, he was a- arrested, but they didn't do anything. So they just thought it was just like, oh, a domestic violence case. It's just like, what the? I was like, dude, she got, she got a. It's a hate crime. It's technically a hate crime. So it's it's kind of it made it made me so angry. Yeah, what it made me angry too. It made me so angry. I was like, well, that could be me. Yeah, you know, it's and scary, right? Yeah, and in that because of that scene, it made me have a little bit of fear towards straight men and like a slight bit of resentment because of that too and it also made me become more like careful with like people like when i talk when like there's a lot of guys that that are in my direct messages on instagram and i literally don't reply to any of them because i just like i i would scope their profile and be like i was like oh okay you seem like you're super masculine i don't know about all that. it makes you nervous when you see that yeah i'm just like you know it's cool i'm not gonna respond to you you know because you get worried that they're insecure with their sexuality and that's why they're super masculine exactly like if they overcompensate their masculinity that means that means something's off with them because real men can find a balance between femininity and masculinity and be okay with themselves and also, what determined to be a real man to me is when they hang around people who are different, like who are trans or who's gay, you know, or people who are non-binary, and they don't feel any type of way. If anything, they're more welcome and open arm and and loving towards people like that. It should, and but they're not affected with themselves or their sexuality at all. And so that is a real man to me, and that like I'm like in Oregon, like I've met some like and stuff, but. Not a lot, which scares me, you know. So. so do you generally stay away from people that you perceive as presenting super masculine yeah, for that reason? Yeah, hyper masculine. I'm like, nope, I'm good. I don't like hyper masculinity. I, I really don't like that. I'm just like, that shows that you're toxic. And, you've and you're not attracted to that anyway, so it's easy for you to move on. Very easy, you know, because they look at me because when those guys, the guys that, like, you know, get at me, they don't know I'm trans when they look at me. So I can just, you know, let them think that I'm a cis woman that's not interested in them. I'd rather have them do that. But if they find out I'm trans, I mean, I would love it if they find out I'm trans and I'm not interested in them. That would literally make them, like, rock their world. Be like, whoa, this trans woman doesn't even want me. Because there's a stigma with trans women and straight men. <laughs> like, these straight guys think that, like, trans women will, like, no. Will, who, who, whatever straight guy get at us will be will easily just give in to them, you know. Like, we'll be like, give them what they want, you know. But I'm glad there's, like, there's a whole new generation of dolls growing up that we all know our worth and stuff. And a lot and i love the fact that we make these guys like angry and very like sad <laughs> because like it's like oh i'm a trans woman but i have standards sorry like you guys think we don't have standards we do and stuff and if trans women don't like you, don't even want you and stuff you maybe you just start questioning yourself because like that means cis women probably don't even want you that's why you came at us <laughs> do you experience a fair amount of would you say that you experience a fair amount of bigotry? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, especially when I go out sometimes to the clubs, like I can when I go out with my friend Jasmine, like we just Jasmine is a black trans woman. Yeah, and you know her experience is completely different from mine. So, like I because she transitioned after you, and you, if I'm remembering correctly, from talking to both of you, you thought you knew she was going to transition before she did. 
Yeah, I saw her as a woman. Yes. I didn't think she was going to And she what, didn't see herself that way quite yet. Not yet, because it was weird to me. I was like, wow, you are beautiful. Like, you are so soft, so cis-looking to me. Like, you have a beautiful, gorgeous face. Like, it's so weird, because, like, I was like, when I saw her, I was just like, I was like, are you transitioning, Jerry? And then she's like, and then she's like, no. I was like, are you sure? I was like, I was like, I don't know, because it looks like you look good, girl. And so she's like, he's like, thank you. And then, like, we start, that's when we hung out again. And then, <laughs> she didn't, like, I think like a couple months later, she's like, yeah, I th- I'm going to transition. Because she wanted advice from you yeah, about the, hormones, et cetera. Yeah, like she, well, asking me about all these things about hormones. How it works. And how, my journey and how, how it's been for me. And I was like, oh, I love it. You know, like, I love it. Love being. And did she jump right in after talking to you? No, I think it took her a couple months, you know, because when she told me, she told me, I was like very happy. I was like, I was like, I always knew, bitch. I always knew. <laughs> <laughs> So, so like I sometimes be like, I'm your mother. And like, she has top surgery. Oh, she's gonna uh, this August actually. Oh, she doesn't. Yeah. So I know, right? I told her she wanted to get a C cup, and I was like, "Girl, your body is not a C cup. You need to get a D cup to make it look proportionate." That might be right. I told her, and she didn't listen to me until she went to her doctor's, and she's like, "Okay, you're right. 650 cc's D cup." I was like, "Yeah, because it'll look proportionate to you. Like, it'll make you look very like you know, like oh, like look like your natural boobs, you know." I wanted to go super big. I wanted to go 680 cc's and my doctor and he agreed to it. And then when I, after I got out of the operating table, he's like, oh, you know, I gave you 600 cc's instead. Were you so mad? I wasn't mad because I was just like so high off the drugs. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, I have boobs. And then when it finally dropped. so you don't want to go bigger. You agree with him now. Yeah, I absolutely agree with him because I was like, oh man, like Dr. Jen knew what he was doing. Like he just knew because I told him, I was like, I want a teardrop look more proportionate i think he knew that 690 cc's is a little too he did big a good job. Yeah. yeah i love my girls names this is jenna and this is jesse oh you have a name jenna yeah. and jesse <laughs> i mean they look they do they look incredible and you carry them off like you said as if they've always been yours and he must have known exactly how to create that yeah you know what's funny he complimented me with the, my at my consultation because I told him, I was like, you know, I waited. I After the first year on hormones, I wanted to get my boobs done. And my doctor, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're eligible to get your breasts done after a year on hormones in Oregon. I'm just like, and then I took my doctor's advice. So they don't let doctors do breast surgery until you've been on hormones for a certain amount of time. Why exactly. is that? Oh, you it's, know? well, that is because because. You know, it's easier to, like, when hormones make you develop breast tissues, like, it's easier to, you know, give someone a boob job when they have some breast tissues or enough breast tissues. Okay, to well, that where, makes like, sense. So, it, it's a better result. Way better result. Because you don't want to look like two balloons pop out of So, nowhere. generally, that's what they require so that you get the result that you want. Mm-hmm. And also, they require you to have, to get top surgery in Oregon, you have to get one letter from a mental health specialist or um, a gender therapist just to, like, sign off. Be like, this person needs this, you know. How do you feel about that? You know, at first, at first, I hated it so much. I was like, who are these people to determine me? You know, tell me what I have to do to, to become me. You know, I was so angry. And then, like, the more I li- and the more I lived as me, and I realized, like, okay. Like, because I've seen a lot of videos of people detransitioning. Like, they transition. Yeah, I have too. Then detransition. And it made me realize, like, I was like, whoa, not every- Have you heard, like, Buck Angel or mm-hmm. any? Yeah. Yeah, so it made me realize, like, whoa, people, like, not a lot of people are sure of who they are, you know? It's just, like, maybe that's why those protocols are set up to help them realize that, you know? And I actually agree. Now, 
now I actually do agree. It's like, you know, maybe it's good to have those steps because it'll help people realize, you know, that someone could say, oh, I'm trans. I need to get this done. And later I've seen so many uh, like detransitioning videos piss me off so much. Like, Why is that? It's just it just makes it just shows the public that it's like, oh, being trans is a choice and stuff. And it's just a fad and it's not real. Like, it's just like, do you think they would still say that if they knew that you were, you were going to be getting, or maybe after you had bottom surgery? Oh, I've seen videos of girls I mean, who do got you think bottom they surgery. Would still say, but do you think in general, like the people that you imagine saying, oh, being trans is just a choice and, you know, it's people shouldn't get these surgeries because, but I mean, if you're going to go through this and you are dying to, I mean, to me, it's like, look, if somebody's dying to cut their penis off, if a man is dying to cut his penis off, Let him. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think he's clear on th- what he wants to do. Exactly. That's, you know, I was like, oh, it's clear as day, you know, like, I mean, it's if crazy. you want to cut it off, I think you're trans. And, but that's, and that's why I've seen videos and it pissed me off at detransitioning videos when I've seen people who went the whole nine yards and they're like, oh, I, I, I transitioned back to be a man. It I'm pa- like, but you have you a pussy now. What's going on? Like, why did you do because that? Because they clearly have mental health issues. Yeah, clearly. It's like, so you didn't have gender dysphoria. If anything, you had body dysmorphia. And yes. you and, and a fair amount that. of mental health problems. Yeah. So, and really, mm-hmm. that Oregon safeguard could help you know, guard against what's going on with those people potentially if they if they have that stake safeguard in their state. So Oregon follows the the World Health Organization, like care for transgender people. Like this is all over the world. Any country, you need two letters. Oh, one, two in a two lot of letters places. to get bottom. And surgery. here you only need. Do you need one? Oh, you need two to you get do bottom need surgery. Two here too. Yeah, okay. two to get bottom surgery. One to get top. I got it. Yeah, so it, it's crazy because we just followed the World Health Organization rules. That's it. And I, what I read about World Health Organization is that they're trying their best to get a facial feminization surgery to be part of, like, transgender health care. So it'll be covered under, like, you know, like, medical plans. So will your bottom surgery be covered by your insurance? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm going to have to pay a copay so for sure. So, But I'm okay with paying a couple thousand oh, over oh, 30000 yeah. <laughs> It would at least. Yeah, and I'm that's okay the with insurance that. amount. That wouldn't be the private pay amount, which would yeah. probably be a lot more. Yeah, I wanted to go to, I wanted to save money to go to Thailand so bad because oh, Thailand really? has to, like, don't, I, I, I people misjudge third world countries like Thailand. That's sex no, change I, capital heard, of the world. I've heard that. And I've heard that they have some of the best doctors Dr. in the Supporn, world to do. Like he's, I've seen a lot of his result, results and I'm like, wow, amazing. It looks like I would never thought that was. So do you think you'll go there? I want to, but I mean, if I'm going to get, you know, pretty much like dirt cheap, you know, just doing copay over here. And Dr. Doogie from OHSU is a really good doctor. So you think that's where you'll go? I'm for sure going because I'm getting laser done on the bottom right now, like every month. So what to, does that help with? So la- what laser does is it just takes off all the hair around the scrotum area because that's where you make the vaginas around the scrotum area. So you have to have the hair removed before you go in. Mm-hmm. Have it. So like, it'll does be, it work? Does this laser treatment work? Yeah. The laser they have at OHSU is very good. Um, so that's where you're getting it done at OHSU. Yeah. Like, is it painful? You know, at first it wasn't painful. I think because now I have less hair, it's becoming more painful. 
And how I, long do you have to go? So they say to to be able to like schedule to my surgery date, just to know the date and when I'm gonna get it. Is I have to get 85 percent of hair removed down there. So and then afterward, they'll they will send it over to you know to the surgery department. I'm sure everybody's different, but in, in general, how long does that hair removal process take? Probably like at least like a year. Wow, I like that's almost a long time. Yeah. It's cool. But if I go monthly uh, on track, it, it, a year is pretty like short time for me. You know, yes. like, it's not some people do it for like two, three years before they do it. And surgery days like goes out to that long. You know, it's like, damn, can somebody wait that long just to get, you know, just to f- get their sexual reassignment surgery? Like, that's crazy. You know, and uh, for sure, after I get my date, I'm assuming it's probably going to be like eight, to eight months to a year out, you know, and I consider that short. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, OK, that's not long. You know, like that gives me a few months to prepare myself. So we talked about safeguards for like potentially mentally ill people, people mm-hmm. who have who have body dysmorphia. Do you do you think that that's getting is that getting more common? I can't. I don't know what's going on, but I will tell you that I have a kid who's ten, almost eleven, and she reports that. A lot of her friends are, um, in their words, transitioning and detransitioning. But it's not, it's not to male. It's like to to non-binary or to. I mean, I think they're playing around. They don't really know. You know, they're trying things on. I agree with you in that part when they're playing around and trying things on. Like I agree with you one hundred percent because. And my armchair psychology is, at least in Portland, that there's a fair amount of social pressure to do that just because, well, I think it does a number of things for you. Um, And this is just my armchair psychology, so I'm interested in hearing what you think. But I think it seems to me that at least it, and we're in inner Southeast, so it's extremely progressive, uh, that number one, it gives you some social a little bit of social cachet because when they ask what your pronouns are, you can say something interesting, mm-hmm. um, and and you can respond with a, with a preference that maybe cis people might not have. I mean, my at least my kid usually says, "You can call me whatever you're comfortable calling me," and she really means that. Um, but I think also she's just like sees it as a to ask her what her. Pre- I mean, she presents as very female, and wants to present as female, and I think to her it's like I don't. It's it might. It's almost, I mean, this is how I would feel too. And I do feel when people are like, say your pronouns, I'm like, if I'm not passing, there's some, please tell me, because there's something wrong. I, there's a procedure I need to get. To. If I'm not passing as a woman, there's obviously a procedure I need to get done or something. But otherwise, please refer, if you're not referring to me as she, her, there's a problem with <laughs> cosmetically with myself. <laughs> you know, I actually want people to call me she, her too. You do. Like, I mean, I want to fall into the ge- a gender binary. That's why I'm a trans woman. I'm not a non-binary person. Like, like, and to add on to what you're saying, yeah. like, kids these days are, like, becoming, you know, claiming as non-binary. I feel like it's just, you know, like, a fad. You know, like, each generation of high school and generation of people, there's always some kind of fad that people always, you know. And I think because it's a fad, you get, especially here in Portland, you will... You get a little bit of social cachet for that. But I also think that it distances you, especially when you're white, which most people in Portland are. Um, I think if you're a white person and you say you're non-binary or that you're transitioning or detransitioning, you are able to remove yourself a little bit from that oppressor category Mm -hmm. into a category that 
I think, um, at least in Portland, people want to respect. Yeah. and they, In a way that they don't, they, they may not be interested in looking at you in, in a certain way when you're white. Yeah. And it's, you're just a regular girl. Yeah. From, yeah. I wish, I wish I can have that, that sense of privilege where like, oh, I, I can just like, oh, okay. Um, I'm not binary and people around me and be like, oh, okay. Whatever. Isn't you know? that so interesting, right? <laughs> right. It's funny to me too. Cause like there's this, I call it the term trans trending. So trans trending. So I guess right now it's really cool to be trans and different from, you know, cis, cis people. So I, a lot, I have a lot of customers at work who their kids are like you know transitioning or coming out as non-binary do you really a lot yeah there's actually very like it just made me it convinced me i was like oh wow like this like trans trending is a real thing so you don't your your perception is that this is not all genuine and it's not all the kind of they're not going through the kind of suffering that lee was going through your is your perception that a lot of these kids are just confused or just jumping on this trans trending bandwagon i agree they're just jumping on the trans thing you know do you think they're confused at all or do you think it's more social pressure social pressure i feel like especially around their friends i'm sure they have trans friends that they really like and you know want to like act like it'd be cool around them because they probably like them a lot and stuff so and what I realized about this Gen Z is that they're a very progressive generation. Like they're like so loving. Like I've like I've heard nothing but good stories about kids who are in high school now or in middle school, and they're like, yeah, not a lot of like, there's not a lot of bullying going on around for like trans kids or like LGBTQ kids at all. And it made me like it gave me a warm heart because I'm like, well, I wish I had that growing up. I wish yeah, I didn't have that makes struggle. You feel envious. Very envious because it's like, wow, I had a big struggle growing up because I had to hide my identity because it was not fully accepted. And like, I feel like these these young Gen Z kids are like very, like very lucky. Does that upset you a little bit? Because look at how hard you worked and what you went through to get to where you are. And then do you look at these kids and just go, you have no idea what I went through as an actual trans person. I'm not upset. Do you feel like it's disrespectful? And immature and immature, naive. naive and mature, immature for sure. But I mean, maybe a tad. Like, bit. is there part of you that wants to sit them down and go, be, "Let me tell you about what it's really like to be trans." Trust me, if I had the opportunity, I would. Like, I would totally do it. You know, but most of the kids that comes in with their parents, no, like, I know, like, I know. It's crazy because like a lot You're of my customers like, upset a client. I, I understand that, but like, like deep inside, is there a part of you that's just yeah, absolutely. Wants to, I would want to school them. Pick these kids up by the scruff of the neck and say, look, you, like, you you have no idea what you're doing. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. I wanted to let them know. It's like, hey, it's not easy. It's not a play. This is not dress up. This is life. This is life. You know, it's like, you got to be for sure you are trans because you just don't want to be a trans trender. You're like, you know, it's like, oh, okay. It's just a trend. Once it's over, you're going to go back be like, oh, she, her, or he, that, or he, 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 him or something, you know? Cause like I've met real non-binary people, like they—that's a whole. Yeah, I think we all have. I mean, that's what's so, frankly, um, one thing that I enjoy about this pronoun thing is that it's just such a relief to be able to not put somebody in a sex bucket and to just say, just default to they them, and everybody seems fine with it. Right. And I, I really, I mean, there was that Pat skit on SNL a million years ago. Do you remember that? Julia oh, Sweeney yeah. was Pat and nobody could categorize Pat. And the whole joke was about how like 
people were struggling because they couldn't categorize Pat, but Pat was Pat was Pat would lead you in one direction, and then lead you in another direction. And now, I mean, now <laughs> it wouldn't be it. The, I mean, the skit probably wouldn't be funny on a lot of levels, and they'd be canceled into oblivion. But also, I think it wouldn't be funny because it's very simple. You just remedy it with a they them. Yeah. Right. It's when you use they them, you can't offend. And it anyone. makes everybody comfortable. Exactly. Because you can't you can't offend anyone because you're like they them because. You know, I think they, them is like a good central neutral to, you know, if you can't determine someone identify as so they, them. I use they, them for, you know, I still have trouble like with pronouns with other trans people I've met, you know, because like some, like I've met some trans girls or dolls who present themselves as dolls, but they use like non-binary pronouns. I'm like, does I'm that s- surprise you? That does surprise me. I'm like, okay, you look like you fall into a gender binary, but you what, use do you not- ever ask them like, but you're presenting as female why do you why are you interested in these pronouns i don't ask them like that i just why do you think i question it in my head because i feel like who am i to ask you that you know i agree but i i I was just wondering like if you had a friend and you were curious about why so that you could understand them better maybe yeah you know i have enough the opportunity to you know i don't really have a lot of friends who are non-binary like i feel like it's just a, a feeling for them i guess it's just like oh I want to look female. Maybe. Or maybe it signals, hey, I'm trans so that they don't have to say anything later. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what it is. I date this person or they realize this this maybe straight man is interested in them. Yeah, they can say I'm they them like I'm it's not going to surprise you. I'm trans. Yeah, right. You know, but the, the girls I've met like they, you know, like they you can like I don't like I girls, you're going to hate me for this if you guys listen to this. But. You know, like, you know, y'all still look like, you know, like, you, you look like you still have, like, male features on you. And you, you know, look very noticeable. And for me, like, yeah, and I, I think that I'm very privileged and very fortunate to, like, you know, to look very cis-normative passing. So, like, I'm not trying to put down anybody. But, like, f- for me, but for me, it's just, like, it's just, like, it confuses me as hell when people do that. And I... I want to tell them that. Be like, it's like you present yourself female. Your makeup, you have dress heels on. You look like you're ready for Vegas. What's right? Going it's on? confusing because you're like, look at how much time and money you've spent presenting in this way, and now I'm supposed to refer to you in a different way. Yeah, like that is so confusing to me. Like, for me, it's just like, like I'm trans. I choose to be in a gender and binary. Like some non-binary people I've met, they look like they they have male and female clothing on. Yes. Like they, some of them will wear like male clothing, but with like a a face that is beat to the gods, you know, and hair is done, nails is done. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I can see both, you know, like that I get. I was like that, I can tell you're non-binary, you know, but because you don't choose a gender, like clothing option and binary option. But for like trans men and trans women, like we choose to look masculine or or, you know, feminine, you know, but everything else in between, like, when you look like a woman, you identify as non-binary. It's confusing as fuck. Like, Do you think that some adolescents and girls are identifying as non-binary because they feel less vulnerable as a non-binary as opposed to a female adolescent? I think so, yeah. It's, Probably because it probably could be the way they've they've grown up and from from their experiences from the media or people they know that it's like that women are tend to be more vulnerable than men in terms physically and you know it's almost like like trying to like 
grasp that power, that inner power they have, self-control and power for themselves. And maybe because they're in adolescence and their bodies are changing and they don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking as a girl who went through adolescence, you don't, you're like, where did this come from? And I'm not, I'm so uncomfortable and I don't feel good about myself. And maybe identifying as they, them take some of that pressure off. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too because they're growing, adolescents, they probably, you know, like I, and this is just what I believe also with trans children. Like, like as a trans woman, I feel like kids, who, adolescents, they're like, they're naive. They don't know what they want and they don't know who they are, you know? So for them to like call themselves non-binary and stuff, because they probably feel like they're not in some kind of category because non-binary is like the middle stage for kids. It's just like, oh, this is where, this is my comfort zone until I find out who I am, who I really am. You know, that's why they probably identify as non-binary because it's like that, that, you know, that, let's just say, let's just say, um, trans men are at a barbecue grill, you know, and trans women are beer, you know, and, and let me say the middle, the middle non-binary people are both, you know, and maybe, you know, it's like, oh, I want to have this, but I also want to have this right now because it makes me feel comfortable. So I just want to have both on the menu right now until I decide. Also, like, yes, there are. Some, I mean, pre-adolescence, most most kids, um, even though they might want to present, especially when they're littler, as super fluffy and princessy as my kids did, as they get older, they're not dressing in fluffy dresses anymore. They want to blend in, mm-hmm. and they're dressing more in pants. They're dressing more in shorts and t-shirts, and they're dressing in a more non-binary way yeah. than they did when they were little. It's very unisex girls, and they wanted to be princesses, mm-hmm. and now they're. Like suddenly the favorite color isn't pink anymore. Now it's blue. I, I do notice that with a lot of kids. It's fascinating. Days. And so I yeah. wonder if maybe it's a the they them identification as you go into adolescence is a way of hanging on to that childhood where you didn't have that pressure of being put in a in a sex category box. Yeah. I had never looked at it like that until you just like explained it to me. I was like, but that makes so much sense though to me too. What you just pretty much just explained. I'm never looked at it like that it's yeah it makes sense to me too i i understand why that would be an an attractive option Mm -hmm. how do you feel about um the biden administration came out with guidelines for kids trans kids um gender affirming guidelines for trans kids and one of them is uh puberty blockers for kids during one of their guidelines is give puberty blockers to kids during puberty, um, in part because that's reversible. How do you feel about that? As a trans woman who grew up with none of that, none of one, none of those good things, I just don't agree with it. And I just believe because kids grow up, you don't up, agree with I it. I don't agree with it because I don't think kids should be medically transitioning yet until they're at an age where they can pro- have their own thoughts and they can process it. Like I think sixteen to eighteen is a really good age to think think about medically transitioning, you know, or even seventeen and nineteen even. But to think about it, but yeah, then you're saying it. that you're not for I'm any not, of that kind of medical yeah, I'm not for I'm not for adults. like yeah, I'm not for like twelve year olds, you know, like being on blockers or anything. Well, like that's that. on here too. So. Yeah, so puberty blockers is on there, but also hormone therapy, which is only partially reversible, reversible is on here. Hormone therapy, testosterone hormones for those who are assigned female at birth, estrogen hormones for those assigned male at birth. They are saying gender-affirming care for those kids 
means hormone therapy early at early adolescence onward. Mm-hmm. But that's only partially reversible, right? Yeah, it's partially re- reversible. Like me, I'm on hormones. I literally, I'm an infertile completely. I can't even, I can even. You would say wait till you're 18. Wait till you're 18. Wait until your body, your organs develop down there. If just in case, if you are for sure you are trans and you want to get surgery, at least you have, you give the doctor something to work with. Well, they even have surgery on here. The Biden administration, it's hhs.gov, opa.hhs.gov says um, gender affirming surgeries, top surgery to create male typical chest shape or enhanced breasts and bottom surgery, surgery on genitals or reproductive origin or organs and facial feminization or other procedures typically used in adulthood or case by case in adolescence. Oh God. Oh, I, I don't think kids should be doing anything medical until at least like they're fully grown adults at like 18, 19. Do you think that's the consensus or do you think, think like in terms of your experience in the trans community? And I know you have a, it's a bit of a bubble because we're in Portland, but is that your experience of how you think the trans community would feel about this? Mm, I I don't speak for the trans community like that. I just speak for. Do you my, have an understanding? I of do have an understanding how I, they would feel. Yeah, I do actually. I and is it consistent with the Biden administration's guidelines, or is it more consistent with what you were saying? Like, wait till you're an adult. I you know most trans girls that I've met they. They're, they agree with me. They'd be like, you know, just wait till you're an adult. You know, wait until you know what you want. Because, like, because it is trans trending is a huge, huge thing. You don't want kids trans trending and then have be like, oh, I want to be a girl or I want to be a boy and then get all these procedures done and then later on is irreversible. And then, you know, it's just like. And that dysmorphia dilutes your identity. Yeah, exactly. Because dysphoria and, and dysmorphia is two different. Yeah, exactly. It, so you, so that makes sense mm-hmm. to me because you're saying, no, no, no. I want all those people to wait until they're, until they're adults to get their letters from the health professionals when mm. they're adults. To go do, to therapy. Go therapy to is therapy. very important. Like, go to therapy. Please go to therapy and make sure you know that you are trans and make sure you know that this is your life. And, you know, don't wait. Don't do it just because, you know, it's the cool thing Did to do. Did you go to therapy? I went to therapy for a little bit. Yeah. When was that? That was, like, probably, like, for, la- like, three years ago when I... I went to a mental health specialist. I saw her for like six months straight. And how was it helpful to you? She helped me, you know, she asked me questions like, like, why do you want to be a woman? Why do you think you're a woman? You know? And it's like, it's like, what will being a woman do for you in your life? How will it just like significantly improve your life in any way? And, you know, I just pretty much just told her what I, what I, you know, what I believe in being a woman is. And, you know, she, she absolutely agrees with me. And, and she and I told her I used to be very suicidal when I was a kid, like when I was in like my early twenties, because I was like, "Why am I here? Like, why am I still a man?" Like, I it's kind of kind of dark. I usually don't talk about this with a lot of people, but it's just like, I I told myself if I don't come out by twenty five, I'm gonna hang myself, and I don't want to live like this anymore. So, and I'm scared to die. I don't want to die yet. <laughs> so I pretty much just backed my own self into a corner and be like, "Okay, you gotta do this." You got to do this. You know, like you're not getting any younger. You don't want to be a 40 year old trans woman by the, to be fully complete by the time you're 40. You know, like it's not fun. You know, and it's therapy fun. helped you therapy find helped. that confidence. Yeah, it, definitely. Therapy helped me find that confidence a lot, too. So thank you. Thank you, Jen, wherever you are. And how did you find Jen? Like if somebody's out there listening to this and they think, well, I was at how a do Cascadia. I find a therapist? Oh, out of Cascadia. Like mental health, uh, Cascadia, mental health. Um, center pretty much like that center just helps everybody 
Um, I think they're. I think they have a new building now on MLK. That's what it is. This Cascade Mental Health Center or Behavioral Clinic. That's what it is. Cascade Behavioral Clinic. That's the name of it. And that was really helpful to you. Yeah. And why did you stop going? Because you just felt like, look, I know who I am and I'm ready to proceed. Exactly. Like I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time anymore with therapy. It's just like, I know it was like, it didn't cost a lot of money for me because it was covered by my insurance. But I felt like, you know, I'm like, I know who I am now. I know for sure I am a woman. I, my life would be so much better as a woman. You know, like, thank you for helping me find that for myself, too. But I, I as like, no, but I now no longer need your help for that because I know who I am now. So, like, thank you. Think, but she wrote me the, my first letter anyways, so for my top surgery. So Okay, so you needed, did you start talking to her to get that letter? Exactly. I did talk to her. And it took six months to get the letter. Well, it, it could have been sooner, but I actually wanted to go because I actually enjoyed therapy. <laughs> so yeah. I could have got it within a month. If you I felt like to. it really was helpful to you. Yeah, definitely. Because like I was. Did still... that surprise you? Yeah, you know, you I, said you kind of went into it thinking, "Well, I don't need you to tell me who I am." And then did you get in there and think, "Well, this is actually kind of..." I helpful. came in with that perspective, with that belief. It's like, who are you to tell me? You know, but I was just like, and then the more I talked to her, and then. I was telling her about my life and then she was telling me about, you know, her experiences with like her other patients. And then like the more I talked about with her, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like I really enjoy this. Like I love like my sister told me this before, too. She's like she's like a therapist. is just a, a friend you pay to vent to. Yes. Know? It's a tra- it's a transactional friend you pay, you know, just just to kick it with you and just talk to you, you know, make you feel better and bring perspective to you that you never had before. So amazing thank you therapy i recommend therapy for everyone even if you're not trans you know like go to therapy if if you have some trauma underlying you know like sense of self problems you know therapy really helps you know and 2022 is the year of therapy anyways how do you feel about the swimmer leah thomas who's at penn who was swimming as a man at penn started undergoing blockers and estrogen therapy when prior to being Leo, when he was competing as a man. And then that was in 2019. And then went ahead and came out as female and is now swimming as Leah and absolutely throttling cis women in, in swimming. And, um, he was slower. He was, he was slower as a man, but as a woman is just, um, killing it. And the argument is that because when Leo was a man, he went through puberty as a man, he has an unfair advantage over women. He's swimming. She now is swimming against. Mm -hmm. I think I'm very conflicted about it. I'm very conflicted about it because, like, yeah, it's, I see it's an both intellectual sides. Puzzle. It really is because I see both sides, and I agree. It's like, oh yeah, you know, as trans women, we're more naturally stronger than cis women, so like, we have kind of like a physical advantage. Do you feel like that's still true? Like, do you feel like you're still stronger if you were going to bench press with another thirty-two-year-old with a thirty-two-year-old uh, cis woman who? is in your same physical shape, do you think you would just be able to naturally lift more? 
Yeah. You I, do. I think because I still have that natural, my bone structure and my muscle mass is still very, you know, like much bigger. So that doesn't change. That, I mean, that change, it just reduces. That's what it is. It's still there. It just reduces. It doesn't, I get it. It's not eliminated. Yeah, it's not eliminated. The strength is still there. So that quote unquote advantage isn't eliminated. Yeah, but it just, it depends on the sport because there was an Olympic transgender woman, like a uh, a woman in the Olympics, she was lifting like weights, you know, right. like, like, and powerlifting, and she against other women, and she lost. She wasn't as strong as all the, the right. actual cis women, so that kind of plays in the part. It's just, it just really just depends on the sport. I feel like, you know, like swimming, I get it because it's running. Men are always going to be faster. Than That's women. what Caitlyn Jenner says. Yeah, like in terms of running, men are like physically our bone structure and everything. Like you know, it's just like it's like we kind of have a, an advantage. It's just like if it's like a women in MMA, like even like MMA for example, if there's a trans woman fighting a that. cis woman, I probably I'm gonna be like Joe Ooh. Rogan talks about that. I'm like, oh, um, that's gonna be kind of that's gonna be kind of good luck. Yeah, good yeah. luck, ladies. <laughs> good luck, ladies. You're not gonna dethrone this bitch. <laughs> 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 your face may not look the same once you emerge from that ring you don't want to fight her <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so, so it depends on the sport it's so just really for me it just depends on the sport I, leah would obviously say well that's not fair because then i can't I, I mean i can't compete because now i'm on these hormone blockers i'm on estrogen and i'm gonna do shitty if i'm in men's swimming um, but I'm going to beat the shit out of all these women if I'm in women's swimming. So how do I compete in a sport that I love? And what would you say to Leah? Um, I would say, girl, I was like, girl, go create your own league. Make sure we get a shitload of sponsors where they will take our league as serious as just a regular sports league. My belief is that I believe trans people should, we should always have our own league. So there would never be any problem. So it wouldn't feel like we're overstepping into, you know, like me as a trans woman, if I were to like, do sports i would hate to play with men because no it's not that i don't like playing with men it's the fact that if you make me play with men basically you're not you're saying i'm a man and i'm not a woman and i deserve to only play with men and so i'm not okay with that but i also see that i shouldn't play against cis women either because i do have a physical advantage over them and i just i believe that in sports i feel like to determine are, do you think there are enough trans people to have their own no not enough yeah, I mean, so wouldn't Leah say, well, that's not fair, then I'll never swim because I don't have my own league. I feel I, I'll never have enough people to have my own league. I feel like for just sports in general, instead of, like, determining gender to s segregate people in sports, just do hormone levels, test hormone levels for everyone. Like That's controversial. Yeah, that is very controversial, but it's probably the most fair, but it's very controversial, but it's also fair too. Cause it's just like, oh, you have a high hormone level. You sh you can't be playing cause you're gonna, you're gonna have a physical advantage over someone, you know, and that should be applied to everyone, not just trans women. But that's, that's probably the most fair way to do it. But so I see Leah's side. I, as a, as a trans woman, I'd be like, I agree with her. Be like, who am I going to play with? I love, like, I love playing sports, you know? Like, what? yeah, you, I think we all understand the frustration. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see her side, but I also see other people's side. I can see why some people will, like, you know, like, get kind of, like, upset over it and feel like it's an unfair advantage. I think one of the criticisms of it is of this hormone testing because apparently in very elite sports they do they have leaned on those medical tests anatomical chromosomal hormonal to determine eligibility in women's categories 
but they don't require analogous tests for men. And so I think that's one of the controversies about it. Mm-hmm. Would you require hormonal tests, those hormonal tests for everybody? Everyone. No one's excluded. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what because, I think. And it's the reason because, look, in the realm of elite physical performance where extraordinary biology is the rule, science doesn't provide neat answers, but it, it the hormone testing would at least give us some idea of what category you need to be in. Exactly. Like, to make it fair. To, yeah, to make it fair. Like, who knows? There could be some men who have the same hormone level, like cis men, same hormone level as women. And if they, let's just say if, those t- if the hormone testing is actually a real thing in the future, those men might be able to compete with just cis women in that category because they, ha- they have the same amount of strength and, you know, <laughs> like hormones, like the hormone levels, you know. Like, it's almost like a mixed league. That's what it is. And if they don't come up with a transgender league, at least, they should have, like, a like an intergender league, you know, where, like, men and women of all kinds can compete against each other. It shouldn't be a problem. And then d- if it's fa- if they're doing the hormone testing, they could put people in these, all people, right, mm-hmm. of any gender in these various, or no gender, I suppose, if you're non-binary, in various categories. Yeah, absolutely. And the category would just be based on... It's almost like a weight category, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's levels. Like, yeah, like wrestling. It's like 400. Where they're like heavyweight. You could even take those. Couldn't you <laughs> potentially even take those? And you could call the people with all the testosterone the heavyweights. Right, exactly. It's like, and I don't think they'd mind that. Right, the heavyweight testosterone levels on this side, the lightweight borderline. Why not, yeah, right? I think that's, that's the most fair way. That's why, I mean, it's controversial because people don't want to get their levels tested. But if everyone complied to it and agreed to it, then there wouldn't ever be a problem in sports. Sports will be untouched, you know. It will just literally just be sports. You know, that's what that's it's just what I believe in, like, in theory, at least. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, you know, Caitlyn Jenner was saying Leah Thomas is sort of destroying women's sports. Yeah, she's... Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner, she's just... She's not the representative I, I accept for trans people. Well, but she's so interesting, right? Because she lived this life as this uber masculine man who won the Olympics exactly. in running. It's crazy because Caitlyn- Like so man, <laughs> how do you get more manly than Bruce fucking Jenner in the Olympics? Exactly. And you know, I still look, though, that yeah. That Wheaties box? Yeah, I agree. I- It's so interesting. I but agree But now with, she's so beautiful. Yeah, that, that's because she spent a million dollars and whoever her doctor and was. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. I'm not mad, girl. Do your thing. Get cut up, snipped up, do she whatever. She did it. You know? And <laughs> she did it up. She did it up. She's she, a- Gorgeous. Yeah, I'll give her that. Whoever her doctor is, hey, give me a call. You know. Like, yeah, because Bruce Jenner did was not a. F- I mean, and he late, was as you're watching the Kardashians, you're like, he's clearly transitioning. I mean, that you know, I didn't watch the Kardashian much, but when I did see him on TV, I was like, why oh, does he look like a woman? Yes, I mean, he suddenly has these feline features, and his breasts are bigger, and he's getting Lips his nails done. Whoa. And it's like, he's clearly, I mean, now in hindsight, I, I even knew friends at the time who were like, he's clearly transitioning, and I just remember thinking, Bruce Jenner, I don't think so, but but that's because I was just thinking of the guy on the Wheaties box. But isn't it interesting that he went from this masculine extreme to this feminine extreme, really? I mean, very extreme. Yeah. I never see Caitlyn in anything other than a dress and sky-high heels. I mean, just very... 
female. Honestly, she will convince me more as a woman if she got her voice fixed. And Ashley, like... It's surprising that he hasn't done that. That she hasn't done that. You know, I, like, no disrespect to Caitlyn Jenner. Are, but aren't you surprised? She, I'm very surprised. I want to get my voice fixed. I hate my voice sometimes. Like With all that money. Yeah. I, like... Caitlyn still has the voice of Bruce. Exactly. Like, with all that money, I would book my flight to Korea and made my consultation and get it done that week. You know, like... Like that. Why? Why? Clearly, Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, to me, I still look at her as a white privileged man because that's she still exercises her white male privilege in this world to me. Like she's like her views are very conservative, older white men views of the world towards trans people. Like this, talk about that. Like this bitch is a fucking Republican. <laughs> like, and no offense to any Republicans out there, but she's like her Republican bigotry and yeah, conservative views. That. It was so confusing to me. It's like, how are you a trans woman? Don't and you think that helps trans people though? Because the Republicans seem to have accepted her. <laughs> I only, mean, they a lot of them love her. Yeah, which is great, she right? Has, though, because she has their view. She has their views, but she does. But still. Like, I mean, don't you, do, do you, do you think that, I feel like it helps the trans cause. Yeah, I don't think so. Cause you if, don't. if really, if it's, they, she's probably the exception. That's what it is. She's the exception. Cause they still coming out with bills to block trans kids. So like if they fully accept her and, and fully accept trans people, there wouldn't be bills coming out in the white house and, you know, in Congress and what, or, I, they're definitely not coming out of the white house. Yeah. Well, they want to give kids hormone blockers. Yeah. Well, I mean like, you know, like in, in government, you know, even the don't say gay bill, you know, like as I, it's like, you, if you guys are really accepting trans and, you know, LGBTQ people, it's just like, you would not come out with these bills. So that's how, why I believe Caitlyn Jenner is just the exception because that bitch has money. Like that's it. And she probably and she's probably a lobbyist. So do you think? So I would say this is interesting because I would say that she helps the trans community. You think she hurts the trans community? I think so. I absolutely think so because she first she voted for a man that's the anti-trans. Because she voted for Trump. Yeah, she voted for a lot, and she her views on trans people is just like you're a trans woman. And but why do you think Trump is anti-trans? I think he's anti-trans because of. Because of his political views and the people he influenced around, like he's the voice of the peep, the bigots. You know, he's a total bigot. He's a businessman at first, and okay, that's fine. You're all about your money, but what what has he done or say said that makes you think he's a bigot? For well, I mean, one thing's first for sure: the bathroom bill. You know, like he he definitely agrees. It's like, oh yeah, trans people should not be like trans kids should not be or trans people should not be allowed to use their identified. You know, like gender to use whatever bathroom they need to use, saying like, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, they're perverts and everything. And the people and also it's also the people he selects to be in his office are known to be homophobic and very transphobic people. Who's that? Like like Mike Pence is perfect. One of them, conversion therapy. Like, are you serious? Like, what are you from the 60s? <laughs> like, yeah, Mike, Mike Pence per- seems quite open about his homophobia oh god the fact the fact that you're blatantly homophobic <laughs> like it's it's bizarre it's, it's bizarre, bizarre to me it's he like he was ever the vice president in this know, country which is so seems overwhelmingly pro-gay marriage seems most reasonable people i know i live in portland but really all over the country that i know seem happy to accommodate pronouns where they can i mean i or where they you know 
as we, long as it's not confusing visually, they they don't have a problem complying with that because it fits their brain anyway. That's why that's what I love about Portland is that we're very progressive thinking people here, completely. And okay, so I have a I have a doctor friend. Oh well, he's kind of like our grandpa growing up, god grandpa. He say his theory is that the reason why people in the coastal states of the United States are more progressive, like who live by the coast, is because they eat fish. Fish like the omega. How do you explain Alaska? That explains Sarah Palin to me, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't know. It's just a theory, Grandpa Dan. I'm sorry. It's just a theory. His theory. It makes sense though. He's like people who eat fish are. What about Flor- Floridians? How do you explain that? <laughs> well, How do you explain the Cubans? Oh, that's a whole different breed <laughs> of Floridians are batshit crazy. No offense to any Floridians. The, how do you explain? Yeah, the, the Cubans are. Um, like, you ever heard the Florida Man Challenge? Of course. <laughs> That's hilarious. You never heard Ta- of an Oregon man challenge, right? Like, or a Cali no, man challenge. No, but you could very easily create an Oregon man challenge. Oregon man comes out as female. It would be Oregon man challenge. <laughs> or Oregon, Oregon man, help, like, feed the homeless, feed <laughs> right. a thousand homeless yes, people. <laughs> yes, or, or, Oregon man becomes homeless to fit in. <laughs> that's really funny one. that's hilarious see that's that's awesome we're like the counterculture or oregon man embraces homelessness as a lifestyle oh my god identifies as homeless oregon man identifies as homeless oregon, oregon man housed comes- man identifies as homeless creates creates controversy oregon family man leaves his family and identifies nomadic yes nomadic yeah yes soon so that's funny. what we will have to call homeless people instead of houseless it'll be nomadic yeah so and and then how do you feel about how how do you feel about people who I think it's tricky as kids are getting older and or going through adolescence and parents want to accommodate trans kids but also I mean, so here's an example. My kid went to camp and came back and said that the, I mean, the the issue is really about privacy. It wasn't about trans versus, or, or it wasn't even about the gender inclusion. She, so what happened was the bathrooms were all gender neutral, including the showers, but the sh- stalls had gaps. So like she had a little boy who went to camp with her and he said, well, I saw, you know, he, he was... I think both excited and shocked, but saw a girl showering. And I was surprised because they hadn't disclosed that they had merged the restrooms. But obviously, I mean, to me, that's more of a privacy issue, like close the stalls. I mean, and that would help, obviously, trans kids want their privacy, maybe even more than cis kids who are adolescents. I agree. Their bodies are As a trans woman or just a a person in general, I would want to have privacy when I take a shower. What do you say to women who would say, I just, they may not know you. And um, what would you say to a woman who would say, I just don't want, when I'm changing, I, I don't care if you're, if, if a trans woman is in the locker room, but I, I'm not prepared to see a penis. What would you say to that? Say, don't look. <laughs> So you don't, don't you don't have, you don't have sympathy for that point of view. No, because 
as a trans woman, when I change in the women's locker room, I actually go into the bathroom stall and change. I think first. most do. I go to the bathroom stall, you know, like the, the stalls, and I just change. Then I come out, and then like you know, I put on all the rest of my clothes. I make sure I tuck that thing into invisibility, <laughs> like you know, like so. And the good thing about being passing is that not a lot of women can tell you're trans, you know, for for me at least. So like, I never had that problem with like. Oh, I did one time had a complaint from this lady at this this gym I was at, at Crunch Fitness a couple years ago. She came in and complained saying a man was in the locker room changing. They walked in and said, like, we don't see nobody. And then I literally told them, I was like, she was talking about me. And she's and they're like, oh, I was like, oh, don't worry. I said, do you need me to ask her but to leave? she wouldn't have known. She wouldn't have been able to. She She didn't know that because she saw your penis. She just... Oh, she didn't see anything. She just saw that I didn't, like, my boobs were, like, kind of abnormally kind of small. And I was, like, much bigger. I was, yeah, I'm 5'8". I'm not, like, naturally short, you know, like that. So, like, at, and at that time, I just That would have been very upsetting if I were you. Because oh, I that would was be very so upsetting. interested in I, passing. I and I would cried. be embarrassed. I would have cried, too. I left, I got into my car and I started tearing up. Because this is just, like, a year after I socially transitioned. So, I haven't started hormones yet. So, like... Like, I was insecure. I, like, borderline. Like, I cried. But, but I also made me feel good that the people at that gym was like, you need me to ask her to leave? I was like, I was like, no, it's cool. I'm about to leave. Like, I'm just, I already worked out, so. How do we deal with adolescents at, like, sleepover camp? How do we deal with pe- kids who identify potentially, I mean, we've talked about confusion and trans trending, and let's say, we don't know who they are. It could be, it, they could be authentic or not, who identify as female and want to be in a female cabin with adolescent cis females. How do we, I mean, is, does that make sense? I can, I, under, I can understand from the parents' perspective because especially they don't want their kids to like, you know, see all that. It's up to the, those establishments to d- develop three three bad uh three bathrooms like one gender neutral where like oh okay whatever you can use both can use this and then just strictly one male and one female bathroom or you know changing and shower area to just for strictly like female identifier male identify that's what i think this should happen it should always be three bathrooms the central which is you know like non-binary trans people or girl cis girls who just wants to use it or although cis if boys. you're trans and you're you really want to present as female, you're going to use the female bathroom. Yeah, and that's totally and then fine. Everything should just be private, right? Yeah, everything should, every, every bathroom should have stalls. I believe boys' bathrooms should have stalls too. Like, I truly believe that. If, as a man back then, that peed in the boys' bathroom and stuff, trust me, a lot of guys stare at other guys' penises. Yes, right. It's I've just like, that. that's so uncomfortable. Like, why are you staring at me? As a man, you know, looking at another man, like, don't stare at me. I'm peeing. Just like, so I feel like every bathroom should have a stall and every establishment should have three bathrooms. So one's optional for whoever wants to use it. And the other two is for whoever identify as female or male, regardless if they're trans or not, you know. Well, and I think a lot of people sitting here, a lot of, I bet a lot of parents would say, look at you. And they would say, well, you're a woman and I don't, you should, I don't care if you're the female camp counselor for my kid but they might also say what I'm worried about is somebody who I, I they might say I mean and I I generally feel this way. I mean I don't hire I do a lot of sex abuse work and in general men are perpetrators. 
Yes. I, like 99.99999% of the time. Cis men. So I've never had like a male babysitter. I've never had a male, and I never would, a male nanny, a male. I just, I don't, I just don't do it. Cause then you can sort of get rid of that potentiality and at least most of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, what would you say to, like, a parent who says, well, look, like, in Portland, Oregon, like, everybody's non-binary, and what if we have a situation where I've got, you know, I'm sending my 13-year-old girl to camp, or my 14-year-old girl, and there's a cis boy who says he identifies as female or identifies as non-binary and wants to be in a female cabin, and I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about that. How do we deal with that? Ooh, you know. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I, I honestly Beverly, don't know how to deal with that either. Sitting across from me. Yeah, as a parent, right? But as a parent. As a parent. Honestly, as a parent, I probably would be like, oh, um, this kind of muddy waters. Like, I don't, like, I don't, like, I wouldn't prefer that for my child to like, be in that situation. But I also. I also like I guess also be considerate of that the other kids feeling. Yeah, it's an intellectual puzzle. Yeah, right? it's so hard. It's like it's like like I'm half and half when it comes to that, you know, because like there are boys who literally would just do that just to be around girls. Those are the perverts, you know. Like, right, and I think that's what people are concerned about, and I think they're concerned about. We read about this about men in women's prisons, right? Like you've heard about these men who are like raping women in prison. They say that they're women, and they go they end up in a women's prison or they impregnate, end up impregnated a bunch of women in this prison and then they get transferred out into a male prison. That's up to, I blame the prison and I blame, I blame the system and the prison for not like psychologically testing that guy. See, did, did call. So you think that's fair? You think they could undergo, you, you think psychological testing would be okay? Yeah, that would be okay to determine if they're, you know, it's like you say you're a male identify, you know, and you're going to prison, like you're, you're a man and you say you identify as a woman and you want to go to a woman's prison, then there has to be proper channels to to do to set up to see if you if you're like you're faking it or you know you're lying or you know are you really trans and stuff it has to have that those kind of proper channels first before they send them you know because that's kind of i think most people would agree with you but it's very controversial it is controversial a lot of things a lot of things are contra- like the the right things to do are always controversial and it's to somebody in some way you know well i think a lot of these are new new issues exactly that it's grapp- like i mean we've always had trans people yeah you think we would have grappled with this previously but no trans people has just been more on, on the prominent side of you know the mainstream now because of you know like the good representation and you know just like the, to the mass, you know. So everybody I've met since they say that tr- trans, like this trans thing is new. I was like, no, we've been around here for thousands of years and hundreds of oh, years. Oh yeah, no, there's, oh, there's just, always been trans. We just finally people. been documented in a good light for the last probably like ten years. You know, that's what it is. So of course it feels new to you because you never met a trans person. So you know, but well, and like you said, there's this trans trending. So it's more common that you would meet somebody now who yeah. identifies as trans <laughs> that may or may not actually be trans. Exactly, those are the ones that like kind of like bugs me a bit. I'm just like, oh, well, that I mean, after you get home, you just like, you just because pass. that dilutes what your identity and the struggle that you've been through mm-hmm. to get to where you are. Like I used to, I used to dance at a trans strip night just like for like trans identifying people. 
Zapan, there was always, like, there was some, like, I used to be so angry at non-binary people being in trans spaces because I was like, you guys, you guys, on this stage, you dress like, like, a lot of them are boys outside. Like, they, they look like boys when they leave and they go home or go outside to the world. And he's like, you guys don't have to deal with that ridicule and the harassment and, you know, people, like, laughing at you or low making fun of you. Is that a form of privilege? That is a form of privilege because some non-binary people, when they leave, like, they can, they feel like, oh, I feel like dressing like a woman today, you know? And if they are technically born a cis woman and they dress like a woman and they identify as them, they don't get all that harassment because the, the, the lens of the world, the outside world view of them is like, oh, that's a girl, you know? That's a woman, you know? Or, like, men who identify as non-binary you know they 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 feel like women and stuff. And certain days they dress like like unisex clothing. They don't get they don't get ostracized like or you know clocked or being like oh that's a man or that's a woman you know or laugh under their breath. So they don't get that shit. Like you know me as a trans woman, I still get that sometimes too. You know, and it's and so like it's the fact that you guys like you guys deal with the good things, the good sides of being the good side of being trans, but you don't deal with the bad side. And trust me, there's more bad side of being trans than there is good side. So did you grow up Catholic? No, absolutely not. My, but your mother's Catholic. My mom's Catholic because... Is your stepdad Catholic? He's Catholic. My mom became Catholic because of my stepdad. But when I grew I up, see. we went to... I think we were like Christian. I think we're like... Did you go to like a non-denominational church? Yeah, we did. We went to church. I remember... And did you like it? Or did you... It. Were they... Did you feel like that non-denominational church was bigoted? Uh, as a kid, I never realized that i just hated church i was like why are we here why are we wasting my sunday you know like here listening to this vietnamese you know pastor talking about god and this and that i'm like i was and a was kid. the service in vietnamese yeah it was in vietnamese it's actually a church in southeast division street it's around 70 something in division i remember that area and very you did well. you hated it i thought it was so boring they took us to bible class i was like what the hell are we learning what is this like do you are, speak Viet- yeah i take you speak vietnamese i'm fluent in vietnamese still till this day uh when i was younger i I didn't get the point of church i was like why are we here like why we go to this every sunday we eventually stopped going we never came back i think probably why do like, you think that is i don't know honestly i think maybe my parents finally real like they see they're like oh maybe like yeah we believe in this and that but it's just it's just like uh we don't see the point of wasting our time going to church like do you would you identify as somebody who believes in god now or do you feel like you're more of an atheist or an agnostic i'm more atheist if anything i do believe i do have like buddhist teachings growing up because you know my grandma's like my grandma and grandpas are buddhists and stuff so i actually like the buddhist way of life i just i'm not a practicing buddhist so did your mother grow up buddhist i think so i think she grew up buddhist and then and did then, that not resonate with her no because you know the reason why we became christians is that we got sponsored by a christian church a vietnamese oh, christian church to come over so they expect us you know to be a part of to attend services exactly. and she for whatever reason that those services happened to resonate with her uh i, I do don't you think she's she's do you feel like she's authentically Catholic? No, not at all. <laughs> Do you feel like she's authentically Christian? I don't think she, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think of anything, I think she still has Buddhist beliefs. Like she's still authentically Buddhist, I feel like, but. And culturally. Culturally maybe. Buddhist, even because Vietnamese people were, before we were Catholics, like we were culturally Buddhist, you know, like we were only Catholics and Christians because when the French colonized us, like over Post-colonization. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's when it got introduced you know but like pre-colonization everybody was buddhist like we were our buddhism was more like 
more like China's way of life. Are any of your brothers and sisters religious? None of us are. So none of them. So do you think, is it, do you think it's the case that all of your, none of your siblings would identify as Christian? Nope, not at all. I think we're all very spiritual people, but we're not religious because I think we look at religion as like, it's kind of like an organized cult. That's what it is. It's just like, I, me, my personal belief is more personal towards religion. It's like, if you have to shun other people who are different from you, who don't follow your beliefs and stuff, and you like you tell them to go to hell or they're gonna burn in hell, you're not you're not a religion, I believe, because I I believe religion is love and it's welcoming to everyone from different as- aspects of life and different different views. You know, that's what I look at religion as. And when I see a lot of co- people who are Catholic that I grew up with, like they're like, oh. Well, if you're gay, then you're going to hell. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, wait, you're saying you're like very welcoming. This religion say like, you know, God loves everyone. I'm gay. Not you. <laughs> like, it's kind of like that. It's like, that's fucked up. Like, then you're, it's kind of hypocritical in a way. Very hypocritical. It's just be cherry picking. Do you think we could solve this summer camp thing with a, with like a trans month or a trans week? Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, if that's the case, to make them feel comfortable, I absolutely agree. That should they should try to make that happen and see if it's like a big hit. You know, as a parent, I wouldn't want my daughter to or to spend a night with a random boy because I know how boys are. You well, know? yeah, you don't know these people <laughs> exactly. I mean, you don't know if they're trans trending or not. Exactly, and it, that sounds transphobic. Yeah, it kind of does actually. I mean, honestly, if. I, so it's very tricky to Yeah, discuss. if my daughter hung out with, like, a trans girl, like, uh, her age or something, if I had a daughter or something, and, and I will respect that child, that trans child as a trans girl, and I will give her the benefit of the doubt. Of course, of, of course, course. you know, but I, you know, but I will, however, still feel a little bit uneasy because it's like, okay, well, she's a trans girl, and, you know, it's just like, it's just like, oh, you know, but she's a young trans girl, so she's trans trending. That's why. I, that's why I. That's why I still stick to my belief that you shouldn't let kids medically transition because they're freaking naive. They don't know what the fuck they want. They don't know who the fuck they are yet. Do, do you have any thoughts about women, women's cis women's only battered women's shelters? I would do a screening for everyone. Like I would literally do a screening, and even if if you're a trans woman and I see that you present yourself as a woman and act like a woman. Then okay, you know, like that's okay. But in terms, you would ask for papers on a case by case basis. Case by case basis for like let's say let's say trans trending people. It's like I don't believe you're a woman. I truly believe there should be a shelter for all for all women. You know, trans or trans or cis, and and if they want, we can do like a separate like separate area where like oh the trans women can stay in here. You know, the safety for cis women is safety for trans women too. Because I know some trans women who don't want to be around cis women, so. It's crazy too to me. I'm like, wow, really? So they don't want to be around cis women, but do they want to, do these particular individuals want to pass as cis women? Yeah, they want to pass as cis women. I think, uh, I think it's from, I'm just my assumption is probably because from their experience of with they cis were treated women, poorly. Probably. I mean, I've met some some really really nasty cis women, like who literally would just clock me out of nowhere just for the fun of it. Who would hit you? Oh no, no clock you. I'm like, sorry. Like, I'm literally, clock is. I I called clock out as in um, like exposing. It docks you. Yeah, documents. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I've met some nasty cis girls at the club. Literally, d- don't know them. They don't know me, but they just look at me and look at 
my friend Jasmine and I can see them whispering to their group and look at us and laughing. I'm like, I look at them and like, y'all should be so disappointed. Like, this is stuff I expect from cis men, not cis women. But, but I also, but that's just a tiny little small percentage because most cis women I know are really cool and they're very, you know, open-minded and very accepting. So, but there are some of the bad seeds in there too. It's just like, just like there's a lot of like cis men who are like doesn't want to be around trans women, but there's a small amount of good percentage of cis men that are like, oh, we're cool with you, you know, like we don't feel any type of way, you know, we're comfortable with ourselves, you know. So. The vocal surgery, I understand, and I would want that as well. I definitely that would, want that. Are you? Does that? Are you insecure about your voice? Very insecure. What do you do to compensate? Well, I mean, when I go out, I try to like sound feminize my voice, sound even more softer. And I tend to only feminize my voice when I'm around men, too. And that not, that's interesting. That's not because I like I want them to be into me. It's more like I just want to protect myself. I don't want to clock myself in front of them. What happened? They could be like transphobic or something. Because you think about your friend who was beat up and you don't. I think about all girls that have been killed and murdered over the United States in the last couple of five, six years. And like the murder transgender w- women murder rate has been going up every fucking year since and. I'm just, I'm in fear for that. It's just like, that's why it's like, I'm so scared of meeting men, like straight men. Gay men? No, definitely not. Gay men are awesome. <laughs> like, I think that's right about trans murder rates. And um, a, a journalist that I was listening to who said that he dug into that said um, he was, it looked like a fair amount of the statistics showed that a lot of them were involved in prostitution and so that would make sense to me that they're murdered at a higher rate if they're involved in prostitution because generally prostitutes are murdered at a higher rate than the general public yeah i absolutely agree most of them are prostitutes and the only reason why they're prostitutes is because of workplace discriminations you know people don't want to like a lot of companies don't want to hire trans people but that because that mean that mean they have to use take out money and pay for sensitivity training to all their other staff and everything and they they look at it as like an inconvenience to hire have do a you trans feel person. like you've lost jobs due to your trans identity no but i definitely quit jobs because of it like, say more yeah well like i've i, I used to work at like a, like my very first job, a like serious job, was at a dispensary as a, as a woman, and my one of my coworkers is very transphobic. Like he at a marijuana dispensary, exactly. In out of Portland, all places, Oregon? out of all places, the audacity, right? No, but I remember he was very transphobic because like he kept calling me he always. I was like she, like I I'd be like oh I'd be like she, like I was just like wow, you know and. Like, he literally, he doesn't know my dead name, thank goodness, or else he would just call me Lee the whole time. And so, so he called me Beverly, but it's like, he, he. I'm just like, I was like, I literally be like, Mark, can you please not say he? Because, like, you know, I was like. That's really hostile. Yeah, and it made me realize, How like, did your boss respond? Didn't do shit. He's did like, you complain? I complained. I was like, hey, I was like, can you, I was like, Mark makes me feel very uncomfortable, like. And I remember because this guy was like, oh, he didn't do anything pretty much because Mark is, like, an asset to the to the shop and you know like he works hard and stuff you know and when the boss saying like oh you know like i'm not gonna let him go because of that because you know like it's just like you know i need him for my business he runs my business well i don't know anyone else can i was like oh okay so it's strictly business to you i was like then this then i don't need to be here because clearly i don't feel respected or i'm not comfortable you know 
in any way and you allowed this kind of activity to happen. So that's why I left. I was like, fuck it. That's not cool. I'm not going to like, like, I'm going to not set my belief, my own belief set aside just to make money. You know, I can just go somewhere else. So, and that's when I started doing nails. (laughs) With your family and the family business. Yeah, because I told my mom, I told my mom, she, after I transitioned, I told my mom, and she's like, why don't you just go to beauty school? You work with your family. You don't have to ever deal with that shit, that type of bullshit there. You know, like, you you know, we love you. Everybody loves you, you know, like, even, and another reason why she told me to work at the shop is because she's like, let's say, if you work for other people and if you got your procedures done, you're going to need months off. And then if you come back, you're not promised a job. You don't want to be unemployed after you come back. You know, like you will always have a safe cushion to fall on here at, at the shop when you work. And that alone, like really helped me, made me like, it made me just like, you know, it sold the dream. <laughs> she sold the dream to me. And you know, I gotta Are say, you happy that you did that? Yeah, I'm happy. I work with my family. I never ever have dispute, like coworker dispute. I hear so many of my friends beef with their coworkers or talk shit about their coworkers all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here like, oh, okay, wow, that's crazy. Like, I don't experience that because I have, I'm blessed to be working with my family. You know, and if we have, if we have dispute, we talk about it the same like within that same night after when we eat dinner and and then and then boom it's just bridge under the water you know because it's family so as a trans woman who i think in in virtually every way i mean your goal to present is as very feminine is a million percent i mean i you're more feminine than a lot of cis women i know <laughs> Um, I, how do you feel? I was actually criticized for being too passing by other trans women. Really? How do you feel about that criticism? I just laugh and then be like, y'all mad because y'all don't pass. That's why y'all mad at me. Do you think that's right? I, I, that's what I believe. I was like, why would you be mad? Because they're like, oh, being trans is not all about passing. It's like, there's no monolithic way of looking trans. But however, if I'm going to be a woman, this I'm not. This is how you want to look. I want to look 100% woman. I'm not going to half-ass my experience. And just because, yes, I have passing privileges, doesn't mean you should you should criticize me about it because you don't pass. Like, you know, do something, you know. I've seen girls who don't pass and spend money to get surgery do their best to pass those girls i love and respect because like see you're you're proving you're showing me that you want this bad you want to be passing you want to be held with beauty and grace you know and so do you you respect that more i should respect that more the effort that they put in to try to look look feminine and look beautiful and look passing i respect that more you know than the the ones who are just like just wearing women's clothes but still have a fucking beard i'm like what the fuck like me <laughs> i'm sorry There's i know a lot of people like that at new seasons <laughs> oh goodness goodness <laughs> gracious oh goodness. <laughs> no but those those people are in like, portland generally actually, those people but. are like i was like y'all see those people are just too those those trans people are too comfortable with them like i say cool you're comfortable with yourself to be like that but you're pushing my goals back you're pushing the culture back because as trans most most trans women we want to pass we want to like passing is our shield passing is not just because we want to be loved and embraced it's our shield it's our protection from to live stealthily if we wanted to to from dangers and harassment in society so the white house in 2022 in their fiscal year budget the Biden administration replaced the word mothers with birthing people. How do you respond to criticism that 
the word mothers shouldn't be replaced with the word birthing people because we all know that birthing people are are people with uteruses. Yeah, like motherhood is, as much as I hate to say this, motherhood is solely for women. I don't know if you remember this, but there there was a quote that was released by the ACLU to support Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and it was a pro-choice quote. And they changed the words woman, she, and her in that quote to make them gender neutral. And the big criticism was, well, look, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg literally fought for women's rights. Right. And she did, she said those things for a certain reason, for women's rights, you know. She didn't do it for non-binary rights, you know, she did it for women's rights. So don't change that. When you hear the word women's rights, do you feel like that applies to you? And when you hear the word trans rights, do you feel like that applies to you also? Absolutely. I think so. So you identify with both categories. Yep. I am a trans woman. So I fall, I, I will definitely go to a woman, an all women's march and march for all women's rights. You know, I just won't march for trans rights, you know. And then once you get bottom surgery, will you identify as trans or yep. will you identify I was, solely as a woman? I will identify as a trans woman. Just because I got a pussy doesn't mean I, I, I'm going to erase everything from my past, you know? Like, you know, like, that's like faking the funk, and I'm just not in the business of doing that, so. You know, I'll still be a trans woman, because before I got my box, I will still, I was a trans woman, I will always be a trans woman. Is part of that because you paid such a dear price to get to where you, where you are? Yeah, because if I, if, because if I just erase myself as a trans woman i basically just erase you know all Your, the sacrifice journey. yeah the journey the sacrifice all the pain and all the suffering like i appreciate those things you know it definitely made me more durable as a person so i if i it totally just fake the funk be like oh i'm a cis woman now because i have a pussy no like that means that means before me before this the box that mean i never existed you know, and I want to have, I love history and I want that part of my history to always be a part of me in terms of that. So that's why I will always identify as a trans woman, even after I get my surgery. Most trans women after they get their surgery, they still identify as trans women because we're proud. We want to show the world like, hey, trans women, we're baddies. We look good. You know, like we want the world to know that. And then we erase that by just saying we're cis women. It's just, you know, it just leaves all the it just leaves all the haters in the world or the people who don't know trans women that will just look at look at transvestites as trans women <laughs> a lot of my black trans female friends they walk out with their head high they're like bubbly and all happy i'm like i was like man like it's like you make me want to be even happier with myself and you make me you inspire me to be even just be happy with be grateful for like being me you know like i i mean i'm not white but definitely but for others you know women of color they look at me they think i'm you know white passing white adjacent white white adjacent yeah like isn't that insulting um especially given that you're a first generation immigrant yeah i'm like i'm like i'm not white (laughs) well and look at what your mother had to go through to to right like to get to this country and it's just like we're not white where i told i always correct them be like i'm southeast asian bitch like i speak i like my first language is vietnamese um well and if you (laughs) and your family especially as you're growing up if you're walking around speaking vietnamese Mm -hmm. you're not being treated as white people is my assumption i think it's just the color the light 
complexion or like complexions what they categorize as as like f- with white people i've heard some white people call asian people like you know they're yellow siblings they're they're yellow siblings because we're the closest so offensive no trust me i think that was stupid i was like well because we're yep. al- we're almost as yellow. white as because we're like we're as light as you guys suddenly you think we're like your yellow siblings there's a new flag mm-hmm. right yeah and what is this so I'm familiar with the rainbow flag because I'm old, but what is the new flag called? It's just, just, it's just a flag. It's just a pride flag. They call it the pride flag. So is the rainbow flag no longer? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna the expose my age here. Is is the rainbow flag referred to as the old flag? Yeah, the old ways. Does anybody use it? Uh, not a lot of people do anymore. So at Pride in Seattle, nobody was flying a rainbow flag. Not a lot. Is it, they, they were flying this new one. The new flag, and yeah. my So when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, my experience of the rainbow flag, and when I started going to Pride events with gay friends, my experience of the rainbow flag was always like, it's rainbow because it's everybody. Mm-hmm. So why, if rainbow is everybody, why do we need a new flag? Because, because of the outside world looking at the rainbow flag is strictly for gay men or gay or lesbian women. But that's it. That's how they see is when they see, see I always flag. saw it as LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. you don't think they, so the, the gay, gay LGBTQ community sees the rainbow flag as being exclusionary. Exclusion to only gay men and gay women or lesbian women, like just for being gay, for gay cis people. You know, and that's where does that come from? Oh, well, what is that based on? Well, in the gay community, there's a pecking order. So, you know, talk about that. I don't know anything. It shouldn't be called LGBTQ. It's just called it should be called G. I say G. I say (laughs) GLBTQ pecking order. I mean, gay men are, you know, gay men are usually the one on top. Why is that? I think it's just because. I like everybody needs to shut somebody down and make themselves feel better. You know, like packing order in the gay community is like a lot of gay men, like gay men are cis men, you know? So like, so socioeconomically, they make more money than most everyone in the gay community. They have more businesses, you know, they're more socially respected. What if, what if they're, what if they're black gay men? They're still the same, still fall under the same category. You would say that they're still more privileged. They're still more privileged than trans trans women. Yeah, like we're like as trans women, I feel like we're. Is that uh, controversial? Yeah, it's it's very controversial. (laughs) I, you know, like when I. Do you think Jazz would agree with that? Who's a gay? I think so. Excuse me, not gay. Who's a black trans woman? Do you think she would agree with that? Yeah, the gay. She would agree that black gay men do better. Yeah, because then trans women generally. Yeah, because of they're any color. because they're cis men. They can pass. They can they can hide their identity if they want to, and they can pass. You know, they can pass at work and not. So be discriminated. even like a what do you, would would you say that black cis men have more privilege than a white trans woman? Hmm. You think they're still higher in the pecking order? A little bit higher, yeah, definitely. And that's a con- that's probably a very controversial statement. It's, yeah, it is kind of controversial, but I. Do. But you think Jazz would agree? I think she would, because like we, I've like I've met some some nasty a lot. Actually, not I've I met a lot of nasty gay men, like nasty, like not in sexually, but like the way they think, like like some of the gay clubs in Portland, 
they're boys club. They call them boys club for a reason. You know, like so there are some gay clubs that you don't go to because they're boys clubs. A lot of them are boys club, you know, like they look at trans women as like, oh, whatever, you know, you're not important. You know, and and that's why there's not a lot of lesbian bars. You don't see a lot of lesbian women out at gay bars either like that, you know, because like I've met some really cool gay men and they're really like politically, politically correct. Do and they like cis women better? Do you think they treat cis women better? I think so. Why is that? I, I can't explain that. If it's just from what something I see. You you're sexually attracted to men. Yeah, that's true. But and so we're all on the same page in that regard, mm-hmm. I think it's because they don't feel threatened by cis women. Everybody that I've met, all the guys that I've met who say they're a bi, or they, they, they say they're a bi because they're, you know, they're just one foot into the gay door, but they're still, you know, not sure about themselves, about maybe like socially to or maybe to their family, uh, economically, probably. So, but most of the guys who claim to be bi are usually just closeted gay guys who aren't ready to come out yet. It's interesting that you said that. I've also heard the criticism that a lot of that that even men these days because like you said gen z is just so such a much more accepting like such a different generation maybe bisexuality will live with gen z i (laughs) have heard yes i've so i have heard the criticism that i've heard from gay men and lesbians about bisexuals is in reference to gen z Mm -hmm. and it's in (laughs) reference to white cis men who say that they're non-binary or who say that they're bisexual but who they, according to these gay gay men and lesbians, say um, by all accounts or not, but it's like prove it, you know. So they just get away with, as as we talked about earlier, it's a way to sort of take yourself off off the privilege ladder. Oh. It's a way to separate yourself from the oppressor. Yeah, and gain some. So at least in Portland, <laughs> some social cachet in that way. Yeah. But but you but they get all the privilege of being a cis heterosexual Passing man. man. Yeah. Because nobody as far as everybody knows, they've never had a gay relationship and nobody can prove that they're not bisexual. So exactly. they get to just say that they're bisexual or non-binary. Yeah, exactly. Even though they present as men, they're cis. Does that drive you nuts? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just like, that That pisses me off actually. So that's one th- criticism you have about the Gen Z phenomenon. Yeah, it's just like- it's like And the you, trans passing like, issues. Like, yeah, it's like, are y'all really trans or you're just doing it just to be cool? Like to just get social points and re- or like creds or something. What would you say if your son or daughter came to you and said, I'm- I think I'm trans. I would be like, what makes you think you're trans? I'll ask them questions. I would literally ask them questions like my therapist would ask me back then. Be like, it's like, why do you think you're trans? Like, you know, like, how do you know you're trans? You know, and I would definitely take them to go see a specialist too. So if you thought after asking those questions and after taking them to see a specialist, if you were if you thought in your mind, you're not, you're not trans and they were continuing to repeat that they were trans. Would you tell them, I don't think that you're trans. I won't tell them. I'll just let their actions speak for themselves, you know, because if it's really a trend or a fad, they'll get over it and they'll just go back to being themselves, their normal selves, you know, but if they are really trans then and I see it, then I'll be like, okay, now I see it. Now you, 
what I would do is I would let them socially transition to see if they they like it, see if they if it's really for them, because that's the most important step for kids for trans children. Let them socially transition. Let them switch their clothes and go by pron- whatever pronouns they want to go by, whatever you know name that they ch- their their chosen name. Let them do that. Let them experience that. If they're if they seem much happier, then they seem much happier and for sure you know then cool you know then you know you did the right thing but wait but still have that still have that doubt in mind it's like okay they're still children they still don't know what they want and who they are yet so maybe this could be a potential phase and let them you know just let them write it out and if if it's not a phase then you know that's when i'll take necessary actions you know and be like okay i think i think you are trans like really trans you know like because you socially lived the life and and deal, you know, deal with the struggles that I did, you know. And so that wouldn't piss you off. It wouldn't make you feel like they're playing around with something that's very serious to you. It wouldn't piss you off. If it's my kids, it wouldn't piss me off. <laughs> yeah. It was my, but I don't have children. So, but I, you but know, you I plan to. Yeah. I want to maybe just be a stepmom or something, yeah. you know, like just. I actually want to f- finish my uh, degree. Well, start to finish my degree in political science, you know, or I want to be a history teacher. You do. You want to be a history teacher. I love history. It's my favorite subject in What's school. What's your favorite historical period that you like to study? Um, Most everything, everything British like British history. I like British history too. French Revolution. Yeah, or so French good. history. Um, I definitely want to get in more with Asian history because there's not a lot of documented Asian history in American literature. So like Vietnamese specific or Asian generally? Just like Asian in generally, all kinds, Japan, Korea, China, you know, Burmese, Cambodia, Laos, all, all types. Of what Asian. ages do you want to teach? I want to teach high schoolers. Why is that? Because high schoolers, the things that I can teach with high schoolers is that they're more grown. And so they're the, the materials that I want to teach, I want them to bring it with them into the world. You know, like know that, Hey, this happened right here. You can't teach elementary school kids and middle school kids. Like about ser- Henry the eighth and killing all his wives. And, and yeah. yeah, you can't teach them all that. Like that, like, like, you want to get into the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, I want them to know the, the beheading truth. Uh, yeah. during the French Revolution. I want them to know all the truth the about. Yeah, and I know as teachers, some teachers have to follow guidelines from the school district to s- teach certain, you know, certain stuff. But like for me, it's just like I don't want to be limited when I teach. What if you did k- PCC? What if you did college students? Even more. Oh, I, I just feel like I deeper. mean, th- then all right, all it's there's nothing off limits Even with adults. Grittier. Right, exactly. It's like, hey guys, welcome to history's gritty. Yeah. <laughs> Gritty history. Just, we're all we're gonna talk about a lot of bloodshed, a lot of war, famine, everything. Like, so I'm excited for that part. I'm excited for you. I want to go back. Yeah, I definitely want to go back to school. Like after I get all my procedures in school. Why do you want to wait till your procedures are done? Just because of the mo- emotional bandwidth involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? I might just meet my future husband there. Well, you might. I mean, right. that's how a lot of people meet. I don't want complications down there so. a billion percent i totally yeah. now i totally get that what would you say to somebody who is is they, they know that they need to begin transitioning but they're they're scared they need support like what would you recommend um i would recommend hanging around a lot other trans people how do they find that community um you can just, what's the best way best way what well, if they're like i don't have any trans friends i don't have anybody i can confide in about this well, there's one place I can send them to. It's called Outside In. It is a clinic 
It it's is. right. It's just a few yeah, blocks right. away from exactly. here. Exactly. I was going to mention that earlier to you because that's my clinic, actually. That's where I first started getting hormones and stuff. Because before, after I transitioned socially, I was, like, looking around how to get started with hormones. And nobody knows, you know. And then I met this uh, trans, beautiful trans woman named Diva. Diva. It's like, shout out to Diva if you're listening. <laughs> So she told me about outside in where like she said the doctors will prescribe you hormones and everything. And because I used to think doctors were like very prejudiced when it comes to like, you know, transgender health care. You were worried about I was worried what about the response be- would be. Exactly. I'm worried that they were like, oh, go to therapy, get this done before you get dead. I was like, are you serious? This place just literally just I walked in. I'd be like, hey, I want to start hormones. I've been a woman for the last two years. I really want to like really start my medical transition. They did blood work within a week. I got. I got started on hormones right away. Wow. And amazing. I, that place saved my life. And that place has transgender resources and, you know, um, group meetings and, you know, like meetups and hangouts upstairs for like trans people and homeless and homeless trans kids to, you know, get together and just talk to each other and meet each other and stuff. And there's websites. There's so many gay apps out there that like gay dating apps or just gay friend apps and stuff. Like, you can find trans women and trans people anywhere, you know? Just be around them, see how they are, hear their experience, you know? For those people, the people who want to transition, they should be around people that are like them, so it will help them decide if they want to or not. That's what it is, because you don't want to transition without without having the experience of knowing someone like that to see if that's for you, you know? I mean, you wouldn't want to buy a skirt without asking your friends if you look good in it or not, right? That's right. (laughs) That was a mean girl's quote. Well, (laughs) and most women can't dream of, most cis women are privileged enough that they wouldn't dream of doing that. But if you're a a man, cis man, and you want to transition, I can imagine, I mean, you've got to create this community unless you've got cis female friends who accept you. I mean, which sounds like maybe you had, and you had your family. Yeah. Which not everybody has. A lot of, yeah, I'm, that part I'm so lucky. Cause I was and you have actually, sisters, which not everybody has. I was so worried. I was so worried when I came out of my family. I was like, oh, I'm going to get disowned. I'm going to get disowned. And you really thought that? I thought that because I thought that was like kind of like the, like almost like the rite of passage of being transgender. Like, why did you, because that was everybody else's experience that you had heard? Yeah, heard and, and seen so you on thought, TV. And so well, why would I be any different? Yeah, exactly. Like, stuff I grew up watching. I've seen shows where kids came out. And, but everybody accepted you. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so natural. Without question, like immediately, right? Yeah, and then a lot of people, even some of my cis friends who are straight, and they're like, oh, you make sense now. <laughs> it's like, wow. It's like, you say I didn't make sense? They're like, no, it's just no, your identity. It didn't make sense They knew me. that you weren't authentically you. Exactly. It's like you. They knew something was missing. Yeah, it's like something's off about you and stuff. So it's the fact that they say that is just like, it makes me feel good. It's like, oh, so these people kind of saw right through me all through all my bullshit. <laughs> like, that I was trying to present different. Like, it's like, it's just, it feels good to know that they like people saw me before I even saw myself. What do you think of that Dave Chappelle special? Ooh, uh, I, and sort of the cancel culture surrounding that. I I didn't watch it because I don't want to watch it. Why is that? I don't know. I like Dave Chappelle. And you I like him? I actually like Dave Chappelle as a comedian. Even you st- still do? I... Not as much anymore with all the... You the, know what I think you headlines. would like... Um, he did, so his school, the high school that he went to is a performing arts high school. 
and uh, um, he did. They did a sort of an award for him based on the way he the way he handled that, where they were going to name the theater after him. And he did an acceptance speech. He didn't allow them to name it after him. He called it like the, he ended up wanting it called the Freedom for Free Ex- Expression Theater or something. But anyway, he did a Netflix special. I, th- I think you'd like it. I loved it. He did, I, I like him a lot too. He did a Netflix special um, about that's that, speech it's just it's just a speech it's actually not I don't know that it was ever supposed to be a Netflix special but they turned it into one and um it's called what's in a name and I think you I loved it I think you'd like it I think I'm gonna check it out I it's I mean mean, he's everything he says makes tons of sense I think you'd it's he's funny he's he's the guy that you remember before the the quote-unquote transphobic comments have you heard what the comments were that he actually made in the closer which is the his special where people said he engaged in transphobic commentary i I saw the headlines i tried just not to read it because you like him and you don't want that to ruin your perception of him yeah it's just like i i like him as an artist as a comedian he's funny yeah he's so funny he's hilarious and but, but po- didn't you say that John Leguizamo does drag stand-up? Yeah, when he was back when he was younger, yeah. like just And for- you like it. You thought it was funny. I thought it was funny as a kid. I was like, oh, and he was like, oh, you play a really convincing drag queen. Like, it's Do funny. Do you think it's possible that you would watch this Dave Chappelle Closer special and think it was funny? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be funny, but I'm sure he, the whole thing he... I'm sure the special is funny and I'm sure he doesn't talk about too much about the trans topic. I'm sure he is. That's not the whole topic of his whole show. So, um, I'll, my sister told me to watch it with an open ear. So, hmm. so or maybe watch it with her and then you guys could discuss it. Or yeah. That might be even better. Yeah. I told, I told her I'll watch it with her, but we still haven't watched it yet. Cause I'm just like, I don't start with what's in a name. What's in a name. Cause I think that'll, Help! I, I haven't watched it either for the same reasons, but I think I want to start with what's in it. I started with what's in name, and now I'm dying to see the closer because I mm. think I think that's it's probably great. Um, I think he's great, and everything he says in this speech, I think is you'll find is reasonable and seems rather accepting. Have you heard of libs of TikTok? No. Okay, <laughs> there is a TikTok channel called Libs of TikTok. And on libs of TikTok, it, this in part of what this channel spends its time, quote unquote, exposing is um, like teachers, particularly they're, they're particularly focused on elementary school teachers. And I think that's where this, quote unquote, don't say gay bill in Florida partially came from is actually some of this libs of TikTok stuff. But they're particularly focused on like elementary school teachers who want who are doing things that I think even you would that I think based on our conversation, you would say are unreasonable. I mean, they're taking like sort of the craziest of the craziest people on um, who are teaching elementary, particularly young kids. And they're teaching them things like, um, you know, they'll have a video of a teacher saying, just because there's a birth certificate that says a boy, that's a boy or babies are either a boy or girl. Actually, a lot of the time they're not. And engaged in some instruction about 
what it means to be transgender, what it means to be non-binary to like super young pre-adolescent kids. Yeah, I think kids should not be exposed to those kind of things yet because kids should just allowed to be kids and be themselves and whatever they they want to be. You know, you shouldn't like expose kids to such like political what like thinking. So what's interesting is you talked age. about the don't say gay bill and I, I agree with you. I don't like that bill. But I don't like it because I think it's chill speech. And I sort of feel like mm. the solution to speech you don't like is just more speech or um, it's I, I just I don't like the idea that they're enabling parents to sue teachers about I, I think it goes too far. I think I it's think too so broad. Too. I think so. too. But I think there are a lot of reasonable people out there who like the bill, not because they don't like the broader aspects of the bill, but they like the idea that it stops people from engaging in instruction with children about sexual preferences or sexual identity. Until the third grade. That's that's what the bill says. Pretty much from like kindergarten to third grade, you can't talk about. And what do you think? But you would agree with that. I definitely agree with that because they're kids, you know, like what do they need to know about their gender and their sexuality at being third grade? Maybe f I, well, I started learning about health in fourth and fifth grade. And so that's, you, do you actually agree with the don't say gay bill then? Um, to some extent, I mean, I, I, I'm still I, calling I think, it that, I think, I think, that's not I really think, what it says, I think the but. bill, I think the bill is created out of hate. That's what I don't agree with, but like you I can, think it, it's the origination is the origination is, is out of hate, if anything. But from a from a logical standpoint, I think it does kind of make sense. To I feel like kids should not learn about anything about sexuality or preferences or anything at below anything below fourth grade, you know, because and then after after you know at that the after that grade, they they're allowed to you know learn more about that because you know that's when you enter health class and stuff you learn about your body and re reproductive organs and stuff that's totally fine you know when i first saw that bill i thought it was like blocking all schools from all grades well because that's how the media was annoyingly spinning it yeah because that's what that's what i saw in the media too i was like oh are they blocking it from all grades like that's not that's fucked up like they're like they're pretty much they're pretty much trying to erase us and then when i saw it, it was just from kindergarten to third grade i was like and then I talked to Agnes about this, and she, and she explained to me her reason why. And I was like, Oh, does she agree with it? She agrees with it from she read the bill, and she's like, Okay, I agree with it from like kindergarten to third grade. Because I know a lot of reasonable people. I I don't just because I don't like I don't like speech limitation, but I mm. I I know a lot of reasonable people who agree with it who aren't transphobic people. Yeah, I'm like or homophobic people. I'm, I'm not any kind of phobia towards my community at all. I just think children it's just. That's too young of an age to expose them to something like that. To you know, like maybe when they get a little older and when they have, they can think and process more. You know, that's when, that's cool. But I was first against the bill because I thought it came, it blocked all grades, and so that's like, and it came out of hate, which that still is true, <laughs> the hate part. And then when I found out it was still kindergarten and third grade, I was like, oh. What would you say is the thing that you've done that's made the most difference in your, besides your top surgery, that's made the most difference in your appearance? And, and if somebody is thinking about, is, is thinking that they're, they are trans and they want to pass as female, what would you, what would advice would you give them to do co like cosmetically? Um, first, for trans women, get laser hair removal surgery, facial 
hair removal. Is that what you did? I, is it painful? No, not really. Just laser. And how hair long removal. does that take? A year? Um, no. Well, f- with facial hair removal, if you do laser, you constantly have to do it. Like. Probably every oh, two you months. still have to do it. Yeah, I still have to do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's not permanent? It's not permanent unless you get electrolysis. I would recommend electrolysis for the, you know, the, the strong. Are you going to get that? Eventually, I will. It's just very costly and time. It is. And I don't have And you'd rather do the bottom surgery first. That's more important to me. That's my goal. And the voice. Yeah. Voice and pussy. That's literally yeah. it. So that's it. But. The other things are just like, you know, I can just do it along the way. You know, I'm not I'm not in a hurry about it because, like, I feel like I'm pretty cis passing and I feel comfortable. So, but for other trans women out there, go get some laser hair removal. It'll make you feel so much better. Like, you don't, when you don't see a stubble or anything, like, you, you know, you feel a little more validated. You feel more feminine, you know. Or, you know, even, like, try to, like, you know, invest in YouTube tutorials. Look how to, there's, like, so many makeup videos on YouTube and, on feminization and like how to make your face look more round or how to look more soft or different styles of makeup like just invest invest in the art of being a woman that's what it is being a woman is an art form and you know like drag queens did it but they do it more like you know like is it more enter- in, as an entertainment yeah so value definitely it's more animated but so right. you know like do it f- just to be an everyday woman like look up everyday women's makeup you know or something like you know do like put in the effort uh, doing that just small effort as like just tweezing your eyebrows and making and it are thinner. the trans women tutorials more beneficial than just like a female cis female makeup tutorial um, I think they're both. I think both are beneficial. It just depends on the person. Like for me, I maul my makeup tutorial is from cis women. <laughs> cis oh, women. interesting. Yeah, like just like I like watch YouTube beauty gurus all the time, and it's crazy because like I actually like I actually like cis women's makeup tutorial more because trans women's makeup tutorial is just to look more like more natural looking and stuff. But I mean, I'm a glam girl, so I love to glam any any time. Well, you know what's interesting is that I always watched. Do you know Nikki tutorials? I mean, yes, you uh, she came out as trans. She I came was out as trans, so and I loved Nikki tutorials. Mm. Like nobody, in could, my I didn't even know she was trans when I was in my thirties. I didn't know she was trans. I didn't either. She came out. She shocked me. I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Whoa!" That's yeah. A unicorn but then when right she there. said that, it all made sense because I'm like, she. There's something about trans women. They're just more, she was more, ta- I just felt like she was more talented in makeup than anybody else. And something about trans women, maybe because you have to be, they're so goddamn talented with makeup. We have to be In a way that cis women are not, are not. I mean, I think that's why, I mean, I know Jeffree Star isn't trans, but I think that's why a lot of male makeup artists just do so well because they have, they have, maybe they have to. Yes. Hi, fam. That means he still wants to be a, a man, but he just w- want to present like a woman, look like a woman. Hi, fam. Very hyper feminine. So when you said that there is a pecking order in regard to the LGBTQ ladder and why we had to get rid of the rainbow flag, it's gay men at the top. And then who's next? Lesbians? Lesbians. And then bi's. But bi's really are third? Uh, yeah, bi's. Why is that? Bi people... 
they navigate both worlds just like trans oh, people like we talked about the trans training and with the gen z yeah cis so hetero men exactly. saying that they're bi, bi because they can yeah bi people because can anybody pass can say that they're bi exactly and they don't ever have to prove it exactly and what do you think of our governor saying that she's bi even though she's been married for umpteen years i think she's lying <laughs> Is there any proof? Has she, is there any proof of her ever dating a woman? I mean, she says that she did, and she says that she felt uh, maybe, some a fair again, amount maybe, of pressure. Who knows? About maybe that. she might have attraction to a woman. Maybe, maybe that's why she considered bi because she may have a sexual attraction towards women too. So, but I don't. I just don't believe in bisexuality. <laughs> Except because, like, with sexuality, is just, like... Yeah, I mean, she's been married since 97. Every time she begins a... To a man. Every, every time she begins an interview by talking about her bisexuality, I wonder what her stepchildren are thinking. Like, oh at God. some point, are like, okay, can we can we stop leading with this, please? Like, you've Seriously, been with dad lady. since 97. Yeah, you've been with a man, lady. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want people to know about trans people that that you you think that they don't know or that that you you think that people are missing we are human we're human we we deserve to be respected like like if we were just a regular cis person that's what i think that's what most trans people want to be treated like there are all of our goal is to be treated, just to be like treated like a regular person, like how you would see a, like a cis woman at a market or something, or a cis man, at whatever you know. And you and that person wouldn't have any thought of it. You'd be like, wouldn't gen, you wouldn't question their gender as the first thing you, when you see them. Um, like that's it. Like just take. We just want the gender, the trans part. We want you to judge us for who we are as person, not what we are as person. That's what it is. Like, just treat us like we're human beings. Like, treat us like how you treat your mom or your dad or, you know, your friends or your colleagues, you know. Bev, thanks so much. That was powerful. And you're really brave. And I really, really appreciate you coming on and being so vulnerable and open with us and saying things that I know were really hard to say. So thank you and... I really admire your courage.